Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. In this video, I'm going to be talking about why I don't think sunsetting is the problem. Hang with me. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. You're going to jump to the comments and not listen to this because everybody's mad about sunsetting. If you're listening to this or watching this on the other platforms, if you're on the other YouTube channel, up in the corner, there's a card. You can use that. Click that. Join us on the live channel. These usually hit the YouTube channel when I'm live. Also, be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. So, sunsetting is not the problem. I have been talking this morning very, very passionately with the audience, and many people are upset about it. There's there's obviously hot takes from, from content creators who barely play the game, and there's really, really thoughtful Reddit posts. There's also been some thoughtful videos put forth by people that think sunsetting should be walked back, changed, or completely removed from the game. I actually think that sunsetting is not the problem. I believe sunsetting is almost a spotlight that is illuminating other problems with the game that deserve our attention more than what I'm referring to this as a rage red herring. Sunsetting is a rage red herring. There are foundational problems with the game right now that have needed to be addressed for a while and loot quantity and substance and depth was virtually identical in Shadowkeep and we didn't really have these conversations because sunsetting wasn't going on. Sunsetting comes into Beyond Light and really starts to shine a spotlight on significant problems with the game so this will be a critical video but I want to talk about why sunsetting I believe is a necessary system it wasn't implemented all that well and as it's been implemented it's actually rising significant problems to the surface that instead of talking about that we're setting our sights on the wrong scapegoat so Luke Smith announced sunsetting early in 2020 and it was implemented in Destiny 2 Beyond Light expansion it quickly became a point of criticism and complaint both when it was announced even back when it was announced and even more so when it was implemented. The lack of loot in Beyond Light has been cited as a compounding problem in addition to the recently announced gear reissues for Destiny 2 Season 13. But is sunsetting the real problem with Destiny right now? That's kind of the question that I'm already sort of answering in the beginning. Now let's start out by saying I defended it. Even before Luke Smith announced gear sunsetting, I was heavily in favor of some level of gear retirement. When I learned that we were able to infuse all of our year one gear up to max level in Destiny 2 Forsaken, I was immediately concerned. The primary thing I was concerned about was that doesn't mean they're going to need to add that much loot. It's not going to necessarily feel like what it felt like in The Taken King where they sunset literally everything from the first year and there was tons of new loot and tons of things updated in the game, all the vendors, everything. It was basically like a soft reset for the game. I believe expansions should feel that way. So I was immediately concerned when they made it clear that, no, yeah, all your year, year one loot can come forward and you can continue to use it. And I really cautioned everybody and said, the concern I have here is that this allows them to add either less loot or not that much and it allows them to have less depth in the game because you're always able to carry things forward. I also said at the time that there's always going to be meta weapons, whether it was the Midnight Coup or the Ikelos shotgun. And in those scenarios, you always had this feeling of, well, why would I ever not use this? Why would I ever not just carry this forward and continue to use it? The way that the Ikelos shotgun largely functioned 
inside of the last wish raid that becomes a loot incentivization problem there's only so many things they can do with weapons and the archetypes and the perks to make them desirable and awesome and eventually you run out of room and that's what loot bloat essentially is that's not even power creep i'm just talking about loot bloat and a lack of incentivization to chase loot when you already have all the best versions of those archetypes the game and the community's motivations exist in what i am describing as a valley of tensions okay one of the biggest tensions the desire to chase keep and value loot while simultaneously wanting more loot added to the game so we have new things to chase keep and value this is why i'm calling it a valley of tensions we're down in this valley and on either side of us are these hills there's one hill that's really important to us we want to chase and keep and value our loot but then we also want bungie to constantly add new loot so we can chase keep and value it these things are in tension with each other because eventually you have so much loot you have so much that you don't care about any of the new loot this happened in season of dawn when i had 15 god roll hand cannons there's not much else you can do with hand cannons to really make me care this slowly becomes a rose bush that chokes itself because it's never being pruned because again we're in this valley of tension Both of these things are related to each other because you want loot, you chase the loot, that automatically makes you grow attached to it and you value it, but then you want more. And eventually, the more isn't good enough because you already have so much great stuff. It's sort of like a kid who's spoiled and has lots of amazing toys. It's really hard to get them a toy that they care about. It doesn't land as hard on a kid who doesn't have a lot of toys, and then they get a remote control car, and it's the greatest thing ever. Destiny 1 largely felt this way because there was less really awesome things to chase. So you had one, two, maybe three really good hand cannons, and that was it. At the end of the life cycle of Destiny 1, that was kind of where I was. I'm not saying make the game barren so that we value loot more, but that certainly is playing a part with never retiring loot. You end up sort of choking the game. A loot pursuit game is built on the idea that chasing loot is rewarding and satisfying. That's just part of the identity of the game. The feeling of excitement has depreciating returns when the loot that is being chased is less distinguishable from what we already have, and thus loot bloat from all previous years and seasons starts to pose a problem. The idea of something being rewarding and satisfying and the feeling of excitement, again, it just sees depreciating returns because you're always dragging this Santa Claus bag behind you of amazing loot that's disrupting your incentivization to chase new because they can't really edge that loot out unless they do power creep by making everything stronger than what you already have and you can't do that for forever because then everything gets too strong and too trivial let's talk about the real problems okay the destiny community has a rhythmic habit of wanting scapegoats for large and far-reaching problems run out of stuff to do bungie's lazy sunsetting's got bad implementation it's luke smith's fault bored and ready for new content it's sunsetting's fault we do this on almost a rhythmic basis every time we get on the far end of new content new expansion or a new season we want to find something to blame for our woes and we tend to shoot at the wrong 
target. That's what I believe is happening with sunsetting. It is, as I said at the beginning, a rage red herring. In order for Destiny 2 to move forward to all the way to 2022 and beyond 2022, because that's when Lightfall comes out, regular methods of loot resets is a necessary thing for a variety of reasons. Loot bloat, as we've already talked about, avoiding power creep, making space for new loot incentivization, and allowing the game to feel fresh on an annual basis. These are just some of the reasons that sunsetting is a necessary evil. You cannot let this game continue to fold in on itself as it was after Shadowkeep. There are bigger problems with Destiny and blaming sunsetting is a knee-jerk mistake. These content creators that barely touch the game can tweet all they want about how just remove it and go back to the drawing board. That's not a solution. This is a necessary thing that the longevity of this game has unearthed as a necessary thing. Like, we are not even supposed to be playing Destiny 2 at this point and so many people forget that reality. Destiny 2 was supposed to end and we're supposed to be in a sequel right now. They have to create elastic systems to allow this game to evolve and continue into the future because it was never intended to last this long to begin with. So they're having to shove in these systems as a necessary pain to your experience or the game can't grow and evolve long term. Many of the content creators calling for it to be reversed or undone barely play the game and they're largely led by the bias of their fair weather engagement that is better suited for super old gear always being viable. Their bias is showing. They want to come back to the game, jump in dungeons and raids and have their two year old weapon still work. The bias is really leading them in that direction and that conclusion. It also caters to you know the, the infrequent playstyles as well as funny enough those who play it hard core levels. We collect everything and we cling to the best weapons for forever, but we still expect Bungie to somehow incentivize us and motivate us to go for new loot. So the Fairweather fans and the hardcore fans are all saying similar things because generally speaking, they're focusing on the wrong thing, the wrong problem. Sunsetting is not the problem. It has illuminated these things. This is the main point of my video. Unfortunately, most people on YouTube won't make it this far. The two main concepts that we need in Destiny as a rectification of where we are now is quantity and depth. These two factors are lacking at almost every turn, and it makes sunsetting an unworthy culprit in the blame game that the Destiny community is currently indulging in. I believe sunsetting is a spotlight on these problems. It's a spotlight on the fact that we don't have depth and we don't have quantity of loot. First, let's talk about quantity. New expansions and seasonal content need to be focused on quantity of loot. Yes, this will include reissues for uh, for free in certain areas and pockets of the game that are older, but also the expansion seasonal activities and core playlists just need more loot, period. This is meant to be addressed long term. This is a fundamental issue that Sunsetting has enumerated. One of the reasons people accepted a complete reset and sunset of all their year one gear in the Taken King is because there was a ton of quantity of loot. There was tons of quantity. It was easy to get over it because there was so much loot in the game. All the vendors had stuff. There was loot everywhere, okay? The second thing we need is depth. Grinding for loot, better loot, and good stats has almost no meaning if there isn't a clear spectrum of depth and difficulty that stands before you. We've almost completely lost that sense of power fantasy. It seems to be returning with Empire Hunts having their own difficulty spectrum, but it is grossly lacking in raids and dungeons, and Grandmaster Nightfalls leave much to be desired for. That is not idyllic endgame content for Destiny, and it's largely just a currency grind. If you solve these two main 
main issues. Sunsetting would drift out of frame for most players. Drown us in loot and depth, and loot retirement would feel almost natural and necessary if they were hitting these two factors. Stop blaming sunsetting. It is not the real problem. It is a nice giant spotlight shining a light on the game and enumerating and illuminating the real issues. The other thing people don't realize is sunsetting is actually your friend because it's putting Bungie in a position where they have to deliver way more loot and way more depth. And if they don't, it'll continue to be a thorn in the side of the game. So it's putting Bungie in a position that you want them to be in. They can't keep punting on quantity and they can't keep punting on depth. This is making them and putting them in a position as Blackburn revealed in a recent article. They got to put way more loot in the game and they're expanding the reward team for that to happen. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this elsewhere, head on over to sntrlive.com to join my YouTube channel where we do these things live. If you're live, don't go anywhere. We're doing Q&A in just a moment. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about how sunsetting is not the problem. If you're listening to this on any of the other locations, you can always catch me Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. That'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. And always remember to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. We do have some new things coming in uh, the future right around the corner. So if you missed the talk, you're going to want to watch it because I'm going to reference it a lot in this Q&A session. Always make sure you're watching those little 10-minute segments to get the gist of what my argumentation is. Chalk Doctor coming in. The concept of sunsetting may not be the issue, but the execution is. Season 12 left a massive gap in energy archetype combos. With the continuation of sunsetting, will Bungie ever be able to fill these voids or should we learn to live with not being able to use various archetypes? Oh man, I get to get on one of my soapboxes. The solution to this is twofold. Yes, an increase in quantity will certainly help, but it will not be the only thing they can do. There are other things that they would need to consider to actually rectify this problem. Season to season, they could go to the various planets and the various weapons, especially a lot of the year one weapons, reissue them with random rolls to fill some of these archetypal vacancies. But my favorite soapbox to get on is bring back true elemental primaries, put all of the primaries in the first slot, all of your secondaries in the second slot, throw elements on all of them, let us change our elements, and if people want to run double primary, you know, give them the freedom to move things around. I don't want to break up any of your loadouts right now, but... It's a lot easier to fill these vacancies if I can chase certain weapons and get multiple versions so I have an archetype and I have all three of the elemental burns. If they increase quantity and they do this, it would be really, really difficult for anybody to ever claim there's an archetypal vacancy. It gives Bungie way more capital out of any piece of loot that they drop into the game. Everybody thinks it's a step backwards. Everybody thinks, oh, you're taking a step backwards. We can't go back to that old way, blah, blah, blah. No. Take inspiration from what worked in D1, bring it into the present, and contextualize it so that people are able to get multiple versions of guns and shift things around so that we're not sitting here facing this strange, like, weird 
you know, oh, well, you know, there's missing weapons, or if you want to run this weapon, there's only a handful of secondaries you can run with it, right? All these energy primaries limits you to either a sniper or a shotgun. You can't run a trace rifle, you can't run a fusion rifle, you can't run a waveframe grenade launcher, which is a wonderfully new and fun archetype. You can't run three entire weapon types with your energy primaries because they share the same slot. They need to consider a significant weapon system update and overhaul that would institute something like this. We do not have true elemental primaries. True elemental primaries existed at a time where they did not nerf your critical damage because it wasn't a kinetic. Elemental primaries that I'm talking about existed in Destiny 1, Year 1, and ever since we've never had a true elemental primary. We need to go back to that system. It would give every single weapon significantly more capital and more grind purpose. So they add 50-some weapons. You focus on the handful that matter most to you. You get multiple versions. You get all the different roles that you want. And no, I I think they would be able to let you do that, Eugene. If you want to run double special, if you want to run double primary, let people do that. Continue to let them do that. I'm talking about allowing people to, to persist in freedom and expand that freedom and expand the capital of every single weapon that drops in the game that's what I'm talking about that's why it wouldn't be a step backwards it would be an evolution of what we have it would take on some of the idea of destiny one year one but it would evolve us beyond where we are remove a lot of those restrictions so I could run my brand new amazing raid hand cannon and run away frame grenade launcher if you want to run two primaries or two double or two specials go for it give us that freedom and bring that back and let me change the elements on all primaries that gives you a significant and probably secondaries too and probably secondaries too so I'd be upset if I was forced to run a special if I didn't want to right and I don't want that to happen I think they can allow that level of freedom that we've been enjoying all this time you know you weirdos that run double primary you know I want you to still be you know it's it's great you want to continue being a weirdo go for it you know I'm actually kidding I know there's reasons to run double primary or double special the point is the point is they can continue to let you do that while also evolving it beyond where it is it's constrained and it's part of the reason we have so many archetypal vacancies and they could actually fix that with a change like this you agree to be able to switch the affinity of any gun including exotics like the gear we have now well no you can't change the affinity of exotics because that's more of an intrinsic thing to the gun itself but all secondaries and primaries sure maybe heavies maybe heavies but I would start with primaries and secondaries. Let us change the element. Let us do it. You know, I I don't think you should be able to do it on exotics because that's part and parcel to the identity of the weapon, like the one K voices or the anarchy. You can't change the element on those weapons. I mean, that would that would honestly be odd. Um, I don't I don't I don't think that that would be a system that you could that wouldn't work, right? You're changing the identity of that weapon because it's literally tied to like what it does. You know, Graviton lance is another example. Graviton Land should be turned into a pinnacle legendary, but whatever. Um, I think the weapon system is fine, but the lack of good kinetic special weapons is the main problem. Yeah, but you're ignoring waveframe grenade launchers, fusion rifles, and trace rifles. They're always going to be stuck down in that slot. What, what are you going to keep putting up there? Snipers and shotguns? Come on. There's so many cool futuristic dope weapons that we don't use because if you're running an energy primary, what are you going to do? You're going to suddenly have a kinetic fusion that, or a kinetic waveframe grenade launcher or a kinetic trace rifle no, it makes more sense to open up the doors make it give us way more freedom and way more reason to grind for multiple versions of a weapon 
I think you should put any weapon wherever you like and just let the ammo dictate what type of weapon is in that slot. That's exactly why double primary and double secondary is not a problem. That's exactly why ammo controls it all. Like, Christina is 100% right. Ammo is what's controlling that. It's not like suddenly imbalanced if you're running two shotguns. When you run two shotguns in the final encounter at Deepstone Crypt, ammo is keeping you pretty constrained. You can't just go crazy. You're not filling your shotgun with white ammo bricks. You know? It works. Only change I would like to see in weapon class is I don't agree with grenade launchers not being heavy. So you think waveframes and truth tellers should be heavy? I don't know about that. I, they're super specialized. I know they get annoying in the crucible, but I they would never get used. No one's ever going to use a truth teller if it's heavy. No one's ever going to use a waveframe if it's a heavy weapon. No, they're they're too niche and narrow in what you can actually use them for. People use truth teller for the blinding nades. People use the waveframes to kill like multiple ads at once. You suddenly slate that in the heavy slot? I don't know about that. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem like a good call to me. That that I don't know. And there's the one that's primary still. Uh, what is that one? I don't actually know what what was that. Is that was, is the fighting line use primary ammo? I can't remember. Um, the that's an exotic though, right? So I do I do feel like that's a little bit different. Um, so uh you know in in general uh in general you know it's one of those things where if if they're trying to balance the weapons you'd have to significantly change the linear fusion you'd have to significantly change any any weapon any weapon that leaves that lane you'd have to significantly change them uh because you know if not it would it wouldn't make any sense it, it, it wouldn't, it would not make any sense um, as to why you would do that, as to why you would you know as to, as to why you would move it and leave it as it is it would either be too strong or too weak so if you move something in the heavy slot that doesn't belong there it would feel too uh, weak to be a heavy, if you move something from the heavy slot to the energy slot or whatever then it would feel too strong I've always thought like some of the heavy weapons need some love mainly because they're, they're too weak to be considered a heavy and you know it's just one of those things where if you're if you're looking at a weapon archetype and you feel like it doesn't fit in its lane you have to completely rework the archetype they have to rework like how much ammo does it get how much ammo is in the mag what's its impact what's its max damage output it's not as simple as just shifting things around so the, 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 the special weapon grenade launchers or, you know, linear fusions, they, I think linear fusions feel like special weapons. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't feel worthy of a heavy, you know. So what are you going to do with them? I say you move them to energy and lower their damage output. They're basically just glorified snipers. I mean, but again, you'd, you'd have to do a lot in order to pull that off. Uh, Barrett. Bungie promised game-changing weapons that seem to push the power of guns forward in uh, in the endgame. So far, they have not done so. Is Bungie being too conservative after promising pushing the envelope? Well, they, they I, I, I do. I don't think what they put into, you know, the endgame was good enough. 
they gave us really really good versions of damage and reload perks and unfortunately that to me isn't good enough I and, and, and this is the argument I made in my you know the the raid weapons are boring video to, this is what people say when they disagree with me they're like but those are best in slot weapons Lono those are good weapons right those are those are weapons that are of their you know they're at least in their own hierarchy and yeah that's true that's 100% true however the the fact of the matter is they are only best in slot or best because if they get the right perks so they essentially have to lean on the perks and crutch those perks essentially to be best in slot they're not good weapons out of the box they're good weapons if you get the god roll okay and then the god roll is literally just a weapon that has really really good utility with reload and really really nice damage perks so what I argued in that video was a raid weapon should just be a great weapon it should be a great hand cannon out of the box so no matter what perks you get it's just a solid weapon the perk should almost be a cherry on top of there's some splash and dash you know there's something exciting there's something cool there's something spicy and that I think would 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 make the raid weapons feel unique but wouldn't be like game breaking it's no it's a good weapon out of the box it doesn't need a god roll to be a good weapon it doesn't need to be a god roll to be a standout weapon and then the perks come alongside and they're sort of like extra you know, oh, it it causes chain lightning or explosions or blinding or burn or whatever. I think that would create a better uh, a better scenario than the one that we're currently in. The one that we're currently in, they're great weapons that don't do anything fancy or showy, and they're great weapons if you get the right roll. They're not great weapons if you don't get the right roll. You know, they're they're arguably just archetypes that have a chance at great perks if that makes sense um so that that's that's how i landed that's how i landed on the on the raid weapons being boring that was kind of my argument was that the weapons themselves the weapons themselves are not bad they're not bad they're just not good enough and if you want my theory on how this happened I'll, i'll give it to you so basically I think sunsetting and the philosophy that was outlined about sunsetting by um, by Luke Smith when he wrote his little when he wrote his little director's cut, I think that philosophy is going to start to rear its head in in and closer to Witch Queen. In and closer to Witch Queen, I think you're going to see that become more of a thing. Whatever, whenever he said all that, I believe this raid and its loot pool were long already into development, and they couldn't suddenly go back and be like, well, we need to completely re-engineer brand new perks and brand new weapons, because these are good, they are excellent, but they're not really going to hit this level that he's indicating that they will hit. And then you have one of the members of the raid team saying, you know, they, they want to continue to make recluses, and they can't without sunsetting. It's like... I don't. I don't see anything that's hitting a, 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 that level of like, you know. We have all these pinnacle weapons like the recluse, the loaded question, the broadsword, you know, the delirium, uh, the wendigo, even even the breakneck. They all have really dope perks, and the raid weapons just don't. They just don't. I I, I don't think that they they hit. 
uh, where we want them to hit. They're good, but they're boring, right? That was the difference between all the pinnacle weapons I just rattled off. They weren't just good. They were fun. They were exciting. They were cool. They were unique. And that's what we need. And I think with the sunsetting philosophy in place, they would be more free and clear to spend the next year swinging quite a bit harder at the raid weapons. Because again, you have to remember, we are not supposed to be playing Destiny 2 right now. We're not supposed to be. So whenever they were building the raid, whenever they're building the Deepstone Crypt raid and the attached loot, they were building it under sort of the old philosophy of this stuff's basically eternally viable. And we already know that the perks on the guns are not a threat with with respect to eternal viability. Why? Well, because they they're putting they're going to put them on other weapons. Joe Blackburn already indicated that. He already indicated that you know they're going to be showing up on other weapons. So they can't be that amazing if they're going to do that. That's extending their life in the sandbox. So they're going to do a state of destiny 2020 uh, one next season. Yeah, I saw that Blackburn tweeted that. He basically said he's when back when he said he was really excited about the days ahead for Destiny, he's even he's even more excited for that now seeing what's coming in the pipeline. Um again, I know people are like I'm tired of waiting, I'm tired of being told to wait, I'm tired of being told to wait. Okay, well the game has improved year to year, season to season. They've made good adjustments and changes. And it very much could be that this was a band-aid rip-off expansion. It just really was going to hurt. They had to rebuild planets. They had to move scripts around. They changed background API stuff. They had to push out an update for the consoles that were next-gen. They had a lot of things they had to do that likely were not building depth and building loot. It was getting the game ready for what is essentially a soft reset. So, it is, it is entirely possible that Blackburn's not blowing smoke. He just comes back, he's amped, he's pumped, he's looking at what they're able to do now with all these changes they put in place. I mean, to be quite honest, the fact that they basically heard our feedback and they're already looking at next season and saying, all right, we're going to reissue eight weapons, two armor sets, we're going to do unique perks for the drops that drop in the dungeon to make these areas and these places relevant again. That's not something Bungie would have done last year. They probably weren't in a position to do it. I think they've given themselves greater agility, and I honestly think that Beyond Light, as painful as this has been, I think it's set them up to do things like that. Now, it's an unpopular decision with the hardcore players, but that decision that they've made with the Dreaming City and the Moon is probably going to be one that lots of people think is dope. Because more of the game's relevant, more things to do, more things to chase. I'm actually like, hey, those are cool dungeons, and they never had intentional loot grind. In, in fact, the, the the Pit of Heresies loot grind was actually pretty stupid. You literally were grinding it to break down the armor at the end, or to level your character. That's dumb. That's not what you should be going into a dungeon for. You should be going to a dungeon for cool loot. And, for all intents and purposes, that might be, you know, they've got these unique perks that you're only going to be able to get inside of them. You know, I, I I think that that is a pivot and a move that they were able to make because they've given themselves a better a better platform to build and to and to make uh, lateral moves on and make adjustments. You know what I mean? We'll get more of the same, just like always, which is okay for most players. Yeah, most players are happy to slap down that ten dollars and keep shooting aliens. Most players are totally fine with that. You know, um, they're totally totally fine with that. Uh, let's see here. Gold Magikarp. Would you like to see more armor sets take on the Solstice style of masterworking? Maybe the seasonal set. 
Uh, I always thought it would be cool if the raid armor did this. You know, the more you play and the more you do, you, you level up the appearance of the raid armor. I've always thought that that would be pretty cool. It would be tied to like, hey, I'm grinding and I'm getting a benefit. I'm getting a testimony to my commitment. Um, as opposed to what we're doing now, which is sure we're regrinding, but we're mainly regrinding for a currency. And then we're that, you know, that currency is just allowing us to kind of like, you know, buy loot. So like, I... I don't know. I definitely think that there there's room for that kind of a system in more places. Cause I always did like that. Like I didn't do it, but it would have been pretty cool to you know like while you're grinding a raid, you know the the armor's leveling up and looking dope. I mean, dude, I I love it in Ghost of Tsushima when I level up my armor and it changes in appearance. I mean, that's awesome. That makes me feel cool. I wish they would have maybe given me a little bit more of a slower upgrading process because I, you know, if you grind that first area and you get a lot of those things done, a lot of that currency, you can level up one of the better armor sets pretty quickly. And then that's just kind of how it looks. Um, it would have been cool to have a little bit more of a spectrum of visual change, but that, that man, I loved that. The first time I did it, I was like, oh, the armor looks cooler now. Like it was such a cool moment. Um, Ghost of Tsushima's only my you know my only main quibbles are the lack of targeting in the fighting leads to some awkwardness and transmog on the armor would have been pretty cool because the perks that you get from the one armor it's like why would I ever take this off uh, and some of the other armor sets look really really dope and they're awesome and you could level them up and really enjoy that that same experience of like leveling other armor pieces in their appearance I think something like that in Destiny would be awesome. The idea that, like, the more you run this content, the cooler you're going to look. I, I, I don't know. I, I would get behind that big time. Gold Magikarp. Instead of armor sunsetting, why doesn't Bungie add set bonuses? The set would only be best in slot until the activity goes, which is still a year. It sounds like they are looking into the idea of... Um, I need to update the shirt command. That was the previous 80s T shirt I was wearing. This is not an 80s T, but they do have cool ones like this over there. Uh, I, d- I was wearing the Back to the Future shirt the other day. Always remember, if you go to 80stees.com, use code LONO for 30% off. No, I've not touched Legends yet. Um, it does seem like they're heading toward maybe doing set bonuses or intrinsic perks after Blackburn's commentary about like adding in-game novelty. You know? That that seems to be a road a road that they're wanting to explore and uh, and go down. Um, so, I uh, I'm I'm always of the opinion that if they go down that road, I think they need to do something else, which is a loadout system. If I'm going to be grinding and getting multiple armor sets and changing them and changing mods and doing this and that depending on the activity, I think we need some form of a loadout system, which would be a huge, huge boost to people feeling like, well, it's worth investing in all these things now because I go into this activity and I hit this button and it changes all my gear, it changes all my mods, you know. We only need 65 more likes to hit 1K. Thank you, Jaja. If you guys want to get us to that milestone, we love hitting 1K likes. I already had a God Rolled Retold Tale, and I dismantled it when it got sunset. It could take nine months to get a new one. No guarantee I'll get one at all, and I'm not happy about it. 
Well, first and foremost, it's that the perk pool is going to be different and updated, and we don't know what that's going to look like as far as a grind. Um, it, I hope they let us grind the dungeon with intentionality. I'm worried they're not going to do that. You're just going to grind, and that's what you're going to get. Now, if you've already gotten the capped versions, you're only going to get the non-capped versions, the updated versions, which means it's four weapons. Um, the main issue with the Dreaming City and those moon weapons is you really had no intentional grind for them until the menagerie showed up, you know. So I I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think... I, I know you're frustrated, right? I have a really great retold tale. I do. I like to use it in the Crucible. And I know you're frustrated, but most people did not have those weapons or, or chase them in any sense of, a, in sense of a direction because there really wasn't a way to do it. You know what I mean? There was not really a directional way to grind for any of the Dreaming City weapons. They were totally random. Same with the armor set. For free, for freak's sake, those those armor sets are awesome. You know, sixty nine dislikes. Yeah, a lot of people saw the title and were like coming to dislike before I even went live. So that is fine. <laughs> so, Furin. Do you think that the increase of all activities power caused a bit of an issue with this? If in older content there was a base level, the loot would have 10 times more meaning. Uh, this is one of the things that I have consistently sort of railed against. In my video, Sunsetting Went Too Far, uh, I said that there needs to be a better established ground, right? There needs to be a ground where they they make it very clear, like all these areas, sunsetting's not having an effect because all these areas are at the floor, right? So that that that's just generally what I've been saying is the floor needs to be clearer. If you're gonna raise the floor, okay, if you're gonna raise the floor and you're gonna you're gonna sunset stuff. Well, everything should always be at the floor. Like when they raise everybody to 750 or when they raise everybody to 1050. That means all your sunset gear gets raised to the floor. The floor should consist of all public spaces, all lost sectors, the strike playlist, and the campaign. Any new campaign that comes out should be at the floor. Now, if you want to run any of those things and make them harder, you can. You have legendary lost sectors, so the lost sectors can be more challenging. Okay? And public spaces don't need to be harder. That doesn't make any sense. That's entrance level content. You know, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from being the tower. Uh, and the strike players is at the floor. And then if you want to make, what else did I say? Oh, campaign. If you want to make the campaign harder, you should have an options to do. You should have an option to do that. You have an option to click and make the campaign harder because some of us like to play the campaign solo and be slightly under leveled and it's pretty challenging and it's fun you don't really get uh, the, the opportunity to do that all that often so that's one of the reasons why I'm always hugely in favor of keeping the floor broad so nobody that plays at a casual interval or plays at a casual level would ever complain about sunsetting if the floor was done properly if the floor was literally all public spaces all lost sectors even the campaigns and the strike playlist, they w- you wouldn't hear a peep out of them. Why? Well, because sunsetting is only going to take place in nightfalls, dungeons, 
Trials, Iron Banner, and Raids. Now, they might complain about Iron Banner. I've always thought that power-enabled Iron Banner was stupid, but power-enabled Trials make sense. It's an endgame activity, and it's a way for them to rotate the meta with sunsetting. So to me, it's one of those things of like, they're they failed to have a very clear and broad floor which makes sunsetting more painful than it should have been the campaign was sunsetting your gear that shouldn't be a thing like the, the the lost sectors in the public space are sunsetting your gear that should not be a thing was sunsetting announced before or after the DCV if it was before then it's possible that sunsetting would have been fine but the base content is now vaulted so we're in a pain currently now, the base content being vaulted wouldn't matter. All those locations would have had sunset gear dropping on them. It wouldn't have made a difference. Iron Banner is pinnacle, so I get power enabled there. I mean, they put pinnacles everywhere now, though, didn't they? Can't you get, once you hit power cap, don't you get a pinnacle from strikes, too? Like, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't, pinnacles are not in some, like, special class anymore. They super, super expanded where pinnacles drop. So I, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't know if that's good justification because pinnacles are freaking everywhere. Um, so, Robert Jones. The concept of sunsetting is not a problem, but we cannot divorce reissues from the matter. A huge portion of the reissues were one-to-one copies of sunset weapons. Do you still, do you, do you D still have this issue? Oh, does... I don't know what you were trying to say at the end. Okay, well, first and foremost, the eight reissues, they aren't one-to-one copies. We've been given assurances that they have updated perk pools, and if you get them to drop in the dungeons, there are perks that can only drop on them in the dungeon. So they gave them an updated perk pool, and they gave them perk hierarchy, okay? So, no, they're not one-to-one. There haven't been any reissued sunset weapons that are one-to-one. Now, the gnawing hunger was, but the gnawing hunger hadn't been sunset yet. I still think the gnawing hunger was a mistake where they they had already built that season. They had already set up the pool and what was going to be dropping in the umbrals. They wanted to give people a chance to go back and get those weapons with intentionality, like the Martyr's Retribution. And they had no intention of that being uh, a conundrum with sunsetting. I think sunsetting was a late addition in the realm of development, it was a late addition for that season. That season was not built with sunsetting in mind. Um, half of the world pool is one-to-one issues. Uh, we have one-to-one issues. We have more one-to-one issues than the other types. Yeah, but again, that wasn't... I don't know if that's what they're... If that's if that's a traditional, like, reissue. That was a, That was like a scramble that they did. They literally said, we're bringing these guns back because the loot pool doesn't have enough in it. That's not like what they're doing next season. That's how they're going to do reissues going forward. They will announce it and they'll have new perks. Like what they did this season was a literal like, oh my gosh, it was a scramble. Like frick, there's not enough stuff in there. Let's bring a bunch of those things back. You know, and actually aren't they dropping with their same infusion caps? So they're not reissues. Right? The Seraph weapons still have their regular their regular infusion caps, so that's not a reissue. You guys are kind of misrepresenting reissues, aren't you? They they literally put the Seraph weapons in and the Saint fourteen weapons in, and they have their same infusion caps, so they're not reissues. They just put them into the world loot pool. It's the same. They're the same weapons. I can't right now grind for a Martyr's Retribution or a or a Seraph hand cannon that has a that has a higher infusion cap. So again, that's not a fair representation. That's not what a reissue is supposed to be. 
a reissue is supposed to be infusion cap the clock has been reset you get 12 months and the perks have been updated that was literally them pivoting to fill the world loot pool with stuff that wasn't outdated they sunset all the core loot then they reissued the same roles it's not a reissue because it's maintaining its same infusion cap a reissue to be a reissue has to do two things it has to raise the infusion cap and update the perks they didn't do that I'm sorry it wasn't season of dawn they put season of the worthy and season of arrival stuff in the world loot pool and they didn't update anything about them they're not reissues that's not a reissue they just said oh the world loot pool needs stuff that's more relevant let's bring some of that stuff over a reissue is cap has been raised perks have been updated those are not reissues it was a mid-season pivot to make sure that the world pool had stuff in it that wasn't already sunset yeah the season of the worthy stuff is still only viable until next season and then season of arrivals will be on a similar cycle it's not what they're doing next season that is how reissues are supposed to work we're bringing them back we're updating their their infusion cap and their perk pools have been updated they sunset my toil and trouble and then they reintroduce the same weapon with a new light cap i don't even know what the toil and trouble is again that's not the standard going forward that's not the standard going forward the standard going forward is they announce what's being reissued it gets its cap increased and it it has new perks on it that's the standard going forward it's a shoddy it's a kinetic shotgun oh that's the is that the vanguard one that was part of the gnawing hunger reissues yeah that again was not a traditional reissue that was a fluke in the system that wasn't intended to happen those weapons were basically updated and put into the umbrals was it was the toil and trouble in the umbrals or did they just put that in the vanguard i don't know where it ended up when they did that they that that again i don't think that was something that they planned on doing that was their established loot pool for arrivals so that you could go and get stuff through the umbrals and have some level intentionality and then in walk sunsetting and they're like uh well these are basically new versions of the weapons so their infusion caps are going to be higher people are going to be really confused by this that's not ever going to happen again because we're, we're getting out of the of the battlefield of boom the 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 sunsetting ball dropped and now these are the waves that come from it we hope that's the standard going forward, but it hasn't been what we got so far. But again, it's just such a cherry pick. They literally just instituted sunsetting. You have to see that's not a normative situation that we're going to be in. They just instituted it. So it's like, of course there was going to be weird things that happened, like what happened in Arrivals. It was like, that stuff's all about to get sunset, and you just re- and, it's, and it's in the game with like a higher... With, with like a higher level they're big cherries I completely disagree you have a small smattering of weapons that it happened with in one season that's not the standard going forward the standard going forward is clear they're going to announce the reissues ahead of time so everybody can moan and complain because that's what's going to happen the next time they announce it because I'm going to tell you right now season 14 do you want to know what they're going to do they're going to reissue weapons from the lectern and they're going to reissue more dreaming city weapons that's what they're going to do because those planets are still around, still viable, and they're going to want those things to be to be grindable and doable and relevant. That's exactly what's going to happen in Season 14. 
So, I would just write that one down. Your Tiger Spite and some of your other Dreaming City weapons are going to come back, and then they're going to do the same thing with the Lectern. You think this is a one and done? No. Nope. I think every season there will be reissues. Every season there's going to be reissues. And maybe they target like Nessus in the EDZ because there's weapons there from year one that could be reissued with random rolls that would probably be celebrated. But I think every season on the way to Witch Queen, they're going to do reissues. New perk pools doesn't mean it's a new gun that's lazy. I don't give a frick. It's, it's, it's better than leaving them dead. It's better than leaving them dead. Like, what are they supposed to do? They're going to charge you for a season. That season's going to have a brand new activity and brand new loot for you to go chase. And this is a free update in other parts of the game to keep them from becoming totally derelict, dead, and pointless. And if you don't want to do it, who cares? You didn't spend any money on it. It's a free update to elements of the game to keep them from drifting off into nothingness. Like, I don't know, Escalation Protocol, The Blind Well, virtually any piece of content that they've ever come out with just drifts into the sunset and doesn't matter anymore. Especially considering all those activities, other than EP, EP had a directional loot grind, but Blind Well didn't. This has always been Bungie's problem. They move forward and all that matters is the new arena and the new content and everything else falls behind. So going back and saying, hey, this is going to be totally free. We're going to reissue that stuff, update its infusion caps, throw some new perks on there. So if you feel like if you're on the moon or you're in the Dreaming City or you feel like running those dungeons, you're going to get loot that's worth your while. It, I argued for this before. Like, I'm not saying this was my idea, but going into year three, I literally said they should do this exact thing. I said that in Season of Dawn, Season of Worthy, and Season of Arrivals, they should have had the paid content and free updates to old areas, with the loot getting updated and made relevant again. I literally argued for this one-to-one about Escalation Protocol. Like, go around to the planets, and when something is so many years old, update it, make it worth running again, and make it free, so no one can complain about reskins because it's free. This is, this is an identical idea to something I've proposed in the past. Why? Because if not, you just leave those planets and activities dead, and then it's like, well, I spent $10, I guess I'll live in the, in, in, the, in the seasonal activity for a month and then complain I don't have anything to do. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? To me, to me, it makes way more sense to have two things happening every season paid content and free updates to areas that are no longer relevant and worth interacting with I think that's a win-win I really do if people could get over the principle of like but I already had it and it's just lazy it's a reissue if you could get over the principle I think you would see that more consistently now I think in year three you're going to be like there are things worthy of my pursuit well I don't feel like chasing it again okay they can't drop 50 weapons every three months in the game. That's not a tenable. That's not tenable. They can't do that. It's unreasonable. Getting 25 something weapons, somewhere between 25 and 30 weapons every three months for $10 is a ridiculous value. If they're going to add to that value by updating old areas for free, I don't see how this is not a net benefit to the player base at large. I think it's something that people quibble over because they play too much, they get burned out, and they stand on principles. And they're like, well, they shouldn't do this. Okay, 
if I grant your wish, you're going to get a $10 seasonal activity, an armor set, an ornamental armor set, and a small pool of weapons to chase. And then there's the trial stuff. That's it. That's all you get. That's all you get. I would rather have them combing over the game and keeping it updated and relevant than grant people's principled idealistic wish of like, they should never touch anything old and repurpose it or reuse it because that's lazy. Why not change them a bit? I think, hey shiz, if they were to do this in Witch Queen, every reissue going forward would be more palatable and more stomachable because the actual Armored 2.0 system did that. If, if, if they reissue armor from year one, nobody's going to complain because they're like, oh cool, it's got the armor 2 hotness on it. If they reissue weapons from year one, people generally don't complain. Why? Well, the Jack Queen King landed in Season of Dawn and nobody complained because, oh, I can get some new rolls on that. It was static roll in year one. So the minute you move the quality ball forward on the weapons themselves, if you reissue them, you're automatically going to get a little bit more celebration because people are like, oh, this really isn't what I had in the past. It's all brand new. It's a completely new system with completely new value points. Everything falls behind because people only care about new weapons for three weeks. Then people go right back to the weapon they've been using for months because it's familiar. I mean, that too. Reissues need to start from the oldest and move to the newest gear. I mean, I actually think hashtag that might be a good principle moving forward because then you're always like, oh, they reissued this stuff. Well, it's two and a half to three years old. I mean, come on. Who's going to get mad about that? It's from year one. And then when we get into Witch Queen, it's like, that's from year two. Who gives a frick if they reissue that? It's ancient history. It's three. It's two and a half, three years old. This stuff doesn't feel that old because it's Shadowkeep. That's a year. And then Dreaming Cities too. I think the Dreaming City stuff people need to get over. I think Menagerie is the only real reason people think it's like it's hitting closer to home because Menagerie came late that year and allowed you to chase some of those things with intentionality and people are like, I don't want to do that again. I get that. Joseph Young, is the problem actually sunsetting or is it the new perks and weapons are no different and more or more creative than previous weapons? Bringing back weapons with the new perks don't change its play. I mean, obviously we have to wait and see what they decide to do with these weapons inside of the dungeon, but I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are going to end up eating crow, not the character. They're going to be like, oh man, there's some really, really new, cool, dope, fresh, exciting rolls on these guns in the dungeons. I'm telling you right now, people are going to be going for that waking vigil and that retold tale. Just you watch. Palindrome retold tale will be meta next season. I'm just, I'm just going to put that one out there. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to bet. I'm just going to bet, knowing Bungie's history, you're going to see palindromes and retold tales in a crucible. They're going to go get their palindrome god rolls from Nightfalls, maybe get the adept from Grandmaster, and then they're going to go get their retold tales, and then they're going to head to the crucible. Now, the weapons from the moon are not nearly as exciting. The pulse rifle shoots slow as sludge. The sniper and the shotgun might be exciting to some people, and then the rocket is a rocket. So unless they really buff rockets, no one gives a frick. The Dreaming City's got a lot in its corner. It's got the Waking Vigil, the Retold Tale, and it's got the... Oh, it just left my brain. Um, oh my gosh. The Scout Rifle. Th- th- those are solid weapons, because Scout Rifles are in a good place right now. And, like, people are going to want to get those. Right, no one's going to care about the, the, what the Truth the truth Seeker, or whatever in the frick the rocket's called. Why use Retold Tale? Not with Fellwinters coming back? Bellwinters will dominate for years to come. <laughs> oh, you guys forgot about sunsetting. <laughs> no. Vouchsafe. Thank you. The vouchsafe. Nah, dude. 
retold watch just you watch people will start putting down the fell winters because it's going to get sunset out of trials and they're going to start using their uh, their retolds it's going to happen it's going to happen maybe not next season retold might start showing up in trials because people are going to want to get used to it they're going to want to get used to it but whatever they like using in trials it'll trickle down it'll trickle down just watch I'm telling you it'll happen Dr. Slay every MMO ever made sunsets gear at expansions is the real problem seasonal fusion caps how would you feel if fusion caps were expansion based instead this means you can use your loot through the first season of the next expansion this is essentially where we landed this morning I think what Bungie needs to do to move toward the community and calm some of this down is to make infusion caps 15 months instead of 12. That's what I think. I think what that does is it honors the previous expansion. Everything you got in Deepstone Crypt, everything you got from Europa, you can take that into Witch Queen and enjoy it. And then you're using Witch Queen to gear up because you're getting ready you're getting ready to let go of some of that stuff because it's about to be 15 months. So it it honors what you did in Beyond Light. You use it in Witch Queen, and then you use Witch Queen to transition into the new year of weapons that you're going to set your sights on. You start picking up new hand cannons, shotguns, whatever, and you leave behind whatever you got the previous year. I think that's probably their best move. I think that's an easy update. It's just a background mathematical change, and I think it would calm people down. Now, you're going to have people like Eugene that think it should be 24 months. I think that's way too far. 15 at most 18 I think 15 I think that's it I think that's the solution sunsetting is a necessary system we need it but you could tweak that and it would calm some of this down Bungie said they plan on bringing Felwinters back to the game for everyone soon although I think that's a terrible idea oh I was not aware that Felwinters was coming back as a reissue oh well then I might have to adjust my prediction is Felwinters a, is, a, is it a kinetic or an energy it's a kinetic isn't it MMOs use fat, uh, stat sticks. No guts, uh, not guts that you develop connection with uh, through should feel sound in a sec. I don't know what you're trying to say. That sentence fell apart. It's an energy. Oh, it's an energy. Oh, you know, palindrome might have room then. Palindrome might have room to get on the table. So, Kane. Now then, now then. Where do you feel the sentiment towards sunsetting has stemmed from? Well, we've we've actually talked about this in, in a variety of ways. I think the primary thing is what I described in the first section of my video, and I loved that the way that I the way that I verbalized this. I came up with this last night. Is that we exist in a valley of tensions. There's this tension that we live in. We're in this valley. And on either side of the valley are competing ideas. The desire to chase, keep, and value loot. And it's a very strong desire. The loot itself drives the desire, and then the loot itself becomes a part of our sense of achievement, and we and the, and the loot is an extension of ourselves. It's a very immersive game. The way guns feel in this game, you grow very attached to them. We simultaneously, on the other side of the valley, we want there to be new things to chase, keep, and value. And what happens is, I believe, these two sides of the valley get closer and closer together, and then friction starts to happen. The more you chase and collect and keep loot, if you always keep it for forever because you value it, 
that starts to have friction and it starts to grate against the idea that there should be new loot for you to chase. It's essentially folding in on itself. That's the idea that I'm trying to put forth here. It's like you want both things to be true and they kind of can't both be true. That's why I had 15 god roll hand cannons and it was really tough to care about any new hand cannons. It was like, I have so many. What could you possibly add to the game that's going to be better than all these guns that I have? Awestringer, Kindled Orchid, Waking Vigil, Loud Lullaby. I mean, I just, I rattled them all off one day. I went through my collections. I was like, god roll, god roll, god roll, god roll, god roll. All of them. And they would have just uploaded all, updated all my 110s to 120s and I'd have had a Loud Lullaby and a Warden's Law and it'd be like, awesome. So just perpetuating that that side of the valley. So I believe that's the valley that we exist in. We want both things to be true, and it's like it's not possible for both of these things to be consi- consistently maintained in perpetuity. They can't keep adding new things that are exciting for you to chase when you're carrying 15 can cannons in your hand. You're like, all right, what are you going to do now? They're like, what do you mean, what are we going to do now? It's going to look different than, um, let's see, you've got three 140s that you really, really like. Yeah, it's going to look a little bit different than those, and it's going to have some perks that are marginally different. You're not going to care. Incentivization breaks down. Don't sit here and try and tell me that incentivization did not break down in year three, because it did. Every time I talked about how dope the loot was on the lectern, how dope the loot was in the sundial, people are like, I don't need it. I already have god rolls. They're not doing enough with the perks. The perks are boring. It's like, okay, but I agree they could do more at the end game with perks being more exciting, but there's only a certain amount of lateral movement they can do within a gun's archetype with respect to its power, its perks, and what it does without wandering down the winding road of power creep. So we exist in a valley of tensions. That's where we exist as loot pursuit players. We want to chase loot. We want to get the loot. Then when we get the loot, we grow very fond of it. We grow very attached to it. And then that's like a that's like a little demon on our shoulder. And then there's another one over here saying, but you want new loot too. Ah, I do want new loot. And it's like the two are always in competition with each other. And that's when people, I think, just kind of broke down, like incentivization broke down in year three because you had stores and stores of weapons. You had year one weapons that were still worthy of being used. Ikelos shotgun, midnight coup, handful of others that were completely fine to continue being used. And then you had all the guns from year two. And then you slowly but surely started amassing more guns in year three. And then we're heading into beyond light. And it's like, you, you literally couldn't be given another thing other than really cool exotics like the Lament. That's, I believe, this is why the sentiment about st- sunsetting is so strong. It's so, so strong. That's why. A coup de papa. Why are people worried about the sunsetting? You can't use this season's weapons in Witch Queen. However, you can use the weapons from the next three seasons this year. I, I just kind of spoke to this. I think bumping it to 15 is just a right move. Think of it this way. You would get the you know, you would you would get the the weapons from you know, beyond light, you know, 30 something. And instead of having all those immediately get sunset as soon as an expansion comes out, the expansion feels really full. You can still use all your stuff. You can still keep on going and 
you, th- but then you're filling your coffers with new stuff and then as you get into the seasonal format you let go and you understand like I just I just kind of refilled my stores of loot you know what I mean and then I think that's a more honorable system that's more honoring to the players to the players efforts than what we currently have Warsmith Andros this might be just me but do you think that part of the problem is that most players focus too much on using a legendary most of the time? For context, I main the sweet business, huh? And I only have to switch up my backups and their caps hit and have not seen sunsetting as being that much of an issue. Well, first of all, you're just a weirdo. No, I'm kidding. I mean, but, but you are a little bit. Um, you're, you're maining one of the, one of the oddest ex- exotics in the game. Um, I love you, but this is a, this is a really really weird one off. Um, but I believe you're actually making a good point, and that is with relation to exotic primaries. Feeling like why would I ever do that? Right? What? Why would I ever do that? Because the power trade is stupid. So the cold heart is a great exotic and it actually has a lot of versatility. A lot of people sleep on cold heart, amazing ammo economy, really, really good damage output, really, really good versatility for a variety of reasons. Okay. It is a fantastic weapon. When I put that away and I get out a sweet, uh, a sweet business, (laughs) um, or a huckleberry, the power trade there is awful. I'm losing so much and gaining so little. I'm gaining so little. Now, let's compare Xenophage, Anarchy, Lament. These are all top shelf exotics. Ooh, they're special, aren't they? They're nice. Let me take that off and put on the sweet business. On paper, with a calculator and a pencil and some very basic math, I can objectively argue that you have made a bad decision. (laughs) your power trading is you're getting completely ripped off all of the power you're losing by by not equipping those exotics you're gaining virtually nothing in the deal you're gaining like nothing in the deal the the exotic primaries in this game do almost nothing like there there's nothing about them they're like oh yeah you definitely want to run that okay one of the things that i've come up with to fix and rectify this problem is I believe once you go up to a certain level of content, exotic primaries should get a buff. I believe uh, that they should get a buff. And the reason for this is if you go into environments where contest modifier is on, let's lose the, the let's use the uh, harbinger. Let's use the harbinger as an example, the, the, the most recent uh, you, you know mission. If I could go in there with an exotic primary that was was doing a significant amount of more damage because it wasn't being affected by like the contest modifier, it was sort of it was sort of bypassing it. Well, now I can be really really helpful to my team. I can be the ads guy. I am now donning a role, running around with my Huckleberry and feeling like, "Yes, this is nice. This is really strong." What am I trading? I'm trading DPS. I'm not running Xeno or Lament or Anarchy. My teammates are. Do you see what you've done? You've created purpose. You've created a role that is honestly really nice and and really helpful in that kind of content. 
you go into that boss fight as a fire team and harbinger and you're trying to run it pretty quickly if you had one person who could run around with a huckleberry and it was it was basically getting a damage buff so that it was functioning as if like basically make it so like exotic primaries are functioning if contest isn't on it's like they ignore contest oh dude that would be nice it would be a huge benefit even if they sat back on like a graviton lance it would be nice yeah hard light would have been extremely helpful do you see what you do? You see what you've done? Now, exotic primaries—they don't need this help in normal strikes and in the public space. Why? Because those areas don't require that level of thought. You don't need your xenophage or your lament or your anarchy in those environments. Just have fun. You just put on whatever you want. I mean, this doesn't matter. But when you go into those environments, you go and run Harbinger at twelve seventy. You go run a Grandmaster. I believe they should bring hard raids back and turn contest modifier on. Suddenly, exotic primaries might get some play. You would call it exotic small arms. That's what you would call it. I've been putting forth that solution for a while, and I think that is literally one of the only. There might be other ways to do it. This is one of the only ways to get exotic primaries out on the battlefield. Because if you don't do this, they will never get out on the battlefield. Because it feels like such a stupid decision. It's like, what am I doing? This content is tough. This boss is hard. And I'm running around with the Huckleberry. Why? The, 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 the Mita multi-tool. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? You're actively holding your team back. So, but if you were taking on the role of, I'm ad duty, dude. This thing's shredding. This is great. We've really got ad control down now. Yeah, man, he switched to Huckleberry. Oh, it's great. Standing on this plate is so much easier now. Oh, that is satisfying. When your loadout adjusts, maybe not adjusts is not the right word. When your loadout has an impact on efficiency and survivability of your team, oh, that feels good. It does. It really feels good. And that's what they could do with exotic primaries. Strider Prime. If we were to go back to pinnacle weapons, after those weapons get sunset, or after a period of time, the pinnacle perks on that weapon could be put on seasonal weapons. Thoughts? Disagree? They should be put on raid and dungeon weapons. Um, or trials weapons. Um, I think uh, Onslaught and Desperado with loaded loaded clip or whatever the whatever the loaded question gets. Uh, Master of Arms these should all be getting rotated into the end game because they're amazing and the perks we got in Deepstone Crypt are not Deepstone Crypt are like really efficient mathematicians they're great on paper <laughs> but they're not very exciting you wouldn't bring them to a party you know <laughs> that's the problem yeah Reservoir Burst thank you I believe that those perks should start to rotate into the end game uh, you can start with Dungeons or you could oh man I, how about this how about this adept versions in the grandmaster nightfalls they can drop with those perks let's go let's go getting a palindrome with uh luna's howl on it getting the shadow price with onslaught but you can only get it in grandmaster that's an adept weapon okay that's worth chasing put Desperado on a Trials Pulse and you can only get Desperado if you get the Adept version. That's how you make Adept guns. They have the tools and the perks and the creativity to do more than they've done. 
They just have to be brave about it. They played it super, super safe. Deepstone Crypt, played it safe. Trials of Depth Weapons, played it safe. Come on, just start going a little crazy. Give us a little spice. It's going to get sunset. Go a little wild. What are you afraid of? You know, you got to bring back the spice. You got to bring back that hotness. Recapture the idea of like, this is going to be crazy. Let's just do it. (laughs) This is going to be crazy. People are going to complain a lot. Do it. It's better than people being bored. (laughs) I would rather have people ticked off complaining and chasing the god roll or chasing the adept weapon because they want it too than being like, this is, uh, well, who gives a crap about any of this? That's where we are right now. Everybody's shrugging their dadgum shoulders because we got reconstruction, recombination, and redistribution, and, and re, 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 re. Come on. You got to bring, bring some of that stuff back. Lona will still never do Grandmaster if they added pinnacle perks into the adepts. Oh, no, I would, and I would ask Doge to help me. <laughs> I would ask for some. I would ask for some of that sweet carry, dude. Some of that sweet carry, baby. Bumble. How much is the unsatisfactory collection system contributing to the anger of sunsetting with only 500 spaces in my vault? I actually think reissues could bring weapons out of retirement if they if they use the um, if they use the collections in an intelligent way. If they use collections in an intelligent way, you could say, "Oh, I'm going to save this Kindled Orchid roll, and so I can delete it." And if they reissue Kindled Orchid, if they reissue Kindled Orchid then I can bring it out of retirement. Its infusion cap goes up. And I'm not left like paralyzed like, well, I can never delete the Kindled Orchid because they might reissue it. No, if they reissue it and you feel like pulling the old roll out of collections, go for it. Then reissues aren't a problem anymore. They're new. They're new perks. They're exciting. They're they're awesome for newer players or maybe there's players that completely miss the Black Armory. But for me, I would just pull it out of collections. They can't, they cannot raise the infusion cap of your existing guns when they get reissued because that basically means you're never deleting anything because you never know it might get reissued so you're going to just basically create more loot bloat but if they intelligently use the collection system for you to store your favorite rolls then they could do that and everybody could shut the frick up about they brought back the weapon and I gotta grind for it again shut up and pull it out of collections so we don't have to listen to you anymore I don't know if they can do that from a database standpoint, though. It might be a technological impossibility, but I think collections needs to be leveraged uh, in in a way that would enable them to do that. Because then they could say, then they could say, hey, we're reissuing eight weapons from the Black Armory, and if you stored some of those rolls in your collections... Feel free to pull those out, and their infusion caps have been raised. Bring them out of retirement. You can do that. However, we think you're really going to like some of the new stuff we put on there. So you might want to chase a new Blast Furnace. Blast Furnace is dropping in this new dungeon, and uh, it's dropping with Desperado. Do you see? That's both honoring and incentivizing at the same time. Right now, they're just incentivizing, and people are crossing their arms and saying, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Because I already had one, and they, and they sunset it. I'm not trying to be condescending, but like that's the attitude. That's what it sounds like, right? It's just cross arm like, no, I don't want to do that. 
You don't have to. You can pull it out of retirement. But they can't do that if they don't co-op the, co- the collections to work in that way. Because then you would just bloat your vault into, into a ridiculous place. Like, you literally wouldn't be able to delete a single god roll because you never know. What if they reissue the Ostringer? What if they reissue this weapon or that weapon? And you'd be literally stuck, always worried they're going to reissue and you can bring it out of retirement. If you bringing out of retirement is you literally pulling a roll out of collections that you saved, that's a different in, 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 situation entirely. And if they're only reissuing around eight weapons a season, I think that's totally fine. You're sunsetting 25 to 30 weapons every time a season rolls around and you're reissuing eight, that's nah, fine. That's not going to cause any issues. And then, Bungie knows what's getting reissued. They wouldn't reissue something that could come out of retirement if it's going to be problematic. They're just like, no, don't do that. Uh, Thomas, do you think it's time for Bungie to bring into the game a new uh, type of weapon, such as when bows came into Forsaken? I feel Bungie brought something completely new. It would nerf player fatigue. No, they did it with a wave frame and nobody gives a crap. Like, some of us do, but lots don't. Waveframe grenade launchers are new. They did Martyr's Retribution in Season of Dawn, and then they did the Void one this season, and nobody cares. You need to invest in the existing in the existing pools before you do this. This would just make create more dilution. There's almost no. There's literally two waveframe grenade launchers. There's not enough fusion rifles. Linear fusion rifles get no love. Uh, grenade launchers, rocket launchers. These are all archetypes that need to be invested in, made better, and more of them need to be added. You can't just add another weapon type. That's not going to solve anything. You're going to compound an existing problem, which is we have a lot of archetypes that have been completely ignored for like forever. So, I have a prepared answer for this one because I've gotten asked this before. Thomas with another question. A new weapon type would also give Bungie more freedom to make something new or unique instead of trying to make another 140 hand cannon like for the 30th time. Again, same answer I just gave you. I don't think this creates uh, a solution. I think it, it compounds an existing problem of too many archetypes not getting enough love and we need more investment in quality in certain aspects of the weapon pool before we start adding more. Oops. Behemoth with the last question. Is it good for me to look for new guns? Filling the loot pool is good. My main take is that slot leveling, focus on new loot design, bring more recluses and synergy perks with the armor. Okay? Not a question. So, if you guys are listening to this live right now, be sure to stick around. We're not done. We can keep on talking and keep having a back and forth. If you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always head over to sntrlive.com. Hang out with us on the live stream Monday through Friday. Uh, we really appreciate the support. If you're here right now and you're kind of heading out, usually end of the end of Q&A, people kind of head out for the day, make sure and click like and subscribe on your way out or stick around for more great conversations and great fun uh, as well as a brand new game. If you're listening to this elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be VIP call-ins that we don't do all that often, but we got a lot of people wanting to call in today. Not surprising, we just talked about a pretty spicy subject. If you're listening to this on any of the locations that these recordings hit, you can always check me out live at sntrlive.com. My first caller is the one that started this nonsense today, so now we have tons of people trying to call in and uh, renamed himself Light Karen. Light Leap says, wants to call in about sunsetting is not the right way for Destiny and is a bigger problem than we admit. Okay, so the exact opposite of what I put forth today. What do you got to say? So first of all, I didn't change my name. All right, I, I don't like that was that was a mod which I'm going to report. Um, 
<laughs> and on the other hand, I also apologize for making these call-ins. I regret it now because I didn't know everybody was so Discord inept and it took like half an hour to set up everyone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, what I wanted to say, I feel since the sunsetting comes from an idea of MMOs where you mostly, you know, you've arrived when you when your gear, you know, it's top down. You don't you don't form a connection to to your loot essentially, right? Because you, you see it from the top. It can be powerful because of the effects or something. But um, weapons of destiny are way more personal in a way. You you like them because of the sound and and everything, sound feedback, right? You learn to play them. They, they become part of your journey, and. I feel that there's two issues. One is that this that you need a variety that Bungie isn't able to produce, or at least not constantly, for for their system to work. The other is that um, the the it, that's what I realized. Something that I didn't expect because remember I was in favor of sunsetting with you if they did it correctly, right? Right. But now it I I didn't anticipate how it kind of takes this this personal oh i'm gonna this is one gonna be one of my favorite guns forever out of the game this feeling because there is this this emblem and this 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 max infusion date and i know it's silly because it's still in there and you can still use it but it just it just doesn't feel like 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 a permanent part of of your destiny journey so I feel like this, this especially this monthly, this checking which loot, which loot is going away, which one is staying. You get a much more um, mechanic approach to the loots. Like you always want to use the one that has the highest expiration, yeah, the highest expiration date. Yeah. And I feel like a better system would be if they rhythmically, or not even rhythmically, if they would actually produce enough loot and then do a hard reset like Taken King, right? Because we always say, oh, there was sunsetting in Taken King. But I think all of these points, they feel, they sing less if the game feels brand new, like it with the Taken King. And then, you, as you were right, they were there were reissues with Taken King or later. But because it felt like you were you were getting blues again, nothing you could bring, you could bring nothing forward. It was like the old era, the old times. Everything stayed in there. It was fine, right? And now you, you got all new stuff and and... You're just so excited about all the new stuff that's dropping that that it doesn't matter anymore. And I know you're gonna say like, yeah, it's uh, that's that's not realistic as it going on from bandwidth. But I mean, they they did hire people for loot, mm-hmm. and I feel that this this hard reset at some point and and really focusing on giving a player a new experience, this is what they need to do because if they can, I, I feel like they won't even if they produce enough loot or address all the points that you addressed today. It will still get. It, it took something from the loot that I even I wasn't expecting, like that this attachment. Yeah, well, and there's there's two things that that I think we're saying similar things, but we just I I think sunsetting is necessary because like you're describing the reason why people buck up against it, and I called it the valley of a ten, the valley of tensions. There's a tension between saying, I want to chase loot, I want it to matter and be awesome, and I want to keep using it. And obviously the desire to chase it and keep it are very intrinsically linked. Like, it's awesome. It looks cool, sounds cool, and that's why you want it. I remember the first time I saw a screenshot of the Soros regime. I was like, there's not a game in the game, there's no gun in the game that looks like that. I want that. Um, and so your your attachment to it is is attached to the idea that like you pursued it. But then also on the other side of the valley is the idea that like 
I want there to be new things for me to chase, and I think eventually those things start to fold in on themselves and causes a friction where the game is the game is going to choke itself out like a rose bush that doesn't get pruned. There's not enough room for it to flourish, for things to stand out, for things to feel fresh and new. And at the end of my talk, I did say that the two foundational problems with this game is quantity and depth. I think those are bigger issues. And I said that sunsetting is not the problem. Sunsetting is more of a spotlight that that illuminated these two issues. There's a complete lack of quantity in the game and there's a lack of depth. And I know we're always saying, oh, just wait, just wait, just wait. But it does seem that they have finally admitted now that they've kind of come out on the other end of going independent, like we're not creating enough loot. That's been a foundational problem with this game for such a long time. And honestly, the only reason we didn't say all these things during Shadowkeep was because Sunsetting wasn't there to shine a spotlight on the fact that Shadowkeep didn't add much loot to the game either. You know, it was an annual expansion that added roughly the same amount of loot that we got in Beyond Light. And so... I, I, that was my main analogy I made today is that sunsetting is more of a spotlight illuminating the true problems with the game and if they can solve these two problems it will be akin to the first, to the Taken King era where the quantity and the depth make sunsetting sort of leave the frame like we don't really think about it because we're like there's so many guns to chase there's so many things to go and do and there's depth in the content right I'm going to gear up in the raid why well there's a hard mode coming with new loot with cooler stuff and so that depth is there to add purpose to those grinds and sunsetting is not really in focus it's just kind of like eh, yeah it happens but I mean come on we, we we're, mm-hmm. look how much we're getting those two issues if those never get resolved it doesn't matter if I flip the switch right now and I undid sunsetting the game would still have these as gigantic problems a lack of quantity and a lack of depth sunsetting is not the main culprit here I I agree to I agree with that for sure but I I think you're it causes an issue that maybe you're not addressing and that is this that now if I get a gun Mm -hmm. I I, I like have this I don't want to get too attached to it for example, the yep. Duke. I love the Duke. All right, I, I've been. This was my favorite hand cannon since Forsaken. I don't know. It's just the sound. It sounds like the Ostringer. It's heavy, uh, rapid hit rampage, outlaw rampage, great rolls, and I don't know the looks of it. It's just a classic Destiny hand cannon for me, and there was never anything like it for me in the game. Okay, and now I have this constant feeling with new loot. Oh, it's. I know it's a year and it's a long time, and by that there will be maybe new stuff, but it's just. You, you get this feeling that it's not really yours, right? And maybe it's something we get used to. I, I know it's irrational, but most of the time, we I mean, there's a lot of subjective feelings that, that makes you attracted mm-hmm. to a game and not. Mm-hmm. And I just feel, yeah, I, I feel like this is something, the way they did, go, went about something with this set expiration date and this this rhythmic going away stuff that you're like, you have this hindrance in yourself that you're, that you're not getting attached to the loot, and that's that's a big driver of what makes Destiny so special. Well, and there are perceptions that are not always rooted in like reason and logic. We had a big debate this morning about why I never masterwork my armor, and it's because of what I call a currency paralyzation. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get the, the currency back. 
It's like, how dumb are you, Lono? You have so much currency. You'll, you're never going to want for currency in Destiny. And yet I don't do it. Because I know eventually I'm going to swap that armor out or I might get a better roll on something. And then I feel I've wasted that currency. So I get paralyzed by something that's not necessarily rational. It's a perception thing. As as Christopher's saying in chat, it's perception versus reality and perception always wins. Right? The, the reality is 12 months of using a weapon is a ridiculous amount of time and usually people have shuffled forward to new things by then. I did concede the point this morning that I think one of the best things Bungie could do right now to calm this debate down is to make infusion windows for weapons 15 months instead of 12 because what that does everything you got in Beyond Light in the Deepstone Crypt you can take into Witch Queen no problem and you know during Witch Queen you're sort of gearing up filling gaps that are going to start to emerge as as Witch Queen ends I think 15 months maybe 18 Beyond 18 I think is too long but I think a 15 month window would fix some of this sense of like you get a complete year with it. You get it in an expansion. You can use it in the next expansion in the next raid. And then you know which queen is the time for you to start really gearing up and getting some new stuff for the new year you're about to embark on. And then you more naturally, I think, would leave things behind. Right now, it seems a little bit more rigid. It's like, I'm going to go into Witch Queen and everything from Deep Stone Crypt, everything from Europa, can't use it. It's gone. Like, it's so, as you said, it's almost mechanical. It's mechanical. It's rigid. And I think the 15-month adjustment would soften some of the rigidity and make people feel as if, okay, this isn't as bad. This still kind of stinks, but this is a little bit more palatable, especially if Witch Queen drops more loot like they're promising and we start to feel like seasons are a little bit more beefy because they're going to start I, they're gonna start doing more reissues, right? Yeah. But, that, that's, oh. that's just the thing that's going to happen to pad out the, the relevant amount of loot in the game. Yeah, I think, but I think the per- currency paralyzation, it might not be that irrational because I think it's just, you know, you would have to go into content that you don't enjoy. True. And I think that's, 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 that's a bad game design right now because it's so part of the game. And if you don't enjoy these activities, the cost is too high for you and the benefit too little, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's why people have been calling for legendary armor to not need an ascendant shard, essentially, because yeah. that's I think it's just bad game design. I mean, yeah, I hope so. I, I hope that you get used to it, and maybe I'm overstating it, but yeah, as I said, if if there, I think there's a lot of players that just enjoy their favorite weapon, and it's it's not like I'm using it all the time, right? I, I don't want to use it for three years, but sometimes I just like going back to it, right? I mean, it's something sure. that won't be possible if they produce enough loot. Well, yeah. And a 15-month window and slot leveling would keep it out of frame for you. You wouldn't think about it. You'd go into Witch Queen, and all of your all of your guns from, from Beyond Light, they would just take on the level of that slot. You wouldn't be looking at the gun thinking like, oh, should I infuse this? It's about to get sunset. You wouldn't even think about it. The slot is where the level comes from. So a 15-month window in slot leveling, you wouldn't think of it like this. It'd be out of frame, and then all of a sudden you'd get into season whatever that number is after Witch Queen. You'd be like, oh, yeah, my Deep Stone Crypt stuff just got sunset. Okay, no big deal. I got a bunch of new raid guns anyway. Like, it, it's so on the forefront of everybody's mind. You go to look at your guns to infuse them, and you're like, well, this gun's inferior. Its number is lower. It's not going to last as long. And so then you don't want to infuse it. You think that it, it's got a blemish. Slot leveling would remove that entire interchange of of 
that psychological aversion to like this gun is less than it's not as good um slot leveling would glide over that and you wouldn't really pay any attention to it and then 15 months would give you i think a more respectful window of using the weapon especially when it comes from an expansion right yeah yeah i'll, I'll be ready to for that compromise sam all right I've, since apparently i motivated too many people I, I'll, I'm, I'm yielding my time okay all right thanks for calling in dude <laughs> thank you too bye-bye all right, we're heading over to Shifty Jeans, and they're calling in about Destiny players are never satisfied. All right. Oh, you might have run out of time. It says twelve thirty Mountain Time. I I can make it. Okay. We'll be fine. Uh, All right. What do you got for me? So, basically, my, I agree with a lot of your points about sunsetting is necessary for the game because loot pools uh, get stale everyone uses the same loadout i myself used recluse mountaintop all the time and then rotated heavies for my exotic to play the game Mm -hmm. but uh and everything i hear from my clan mates is complaining about the loot coming back in the dungeons being reissues Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, they're giving you gear in activities that you don't play, giving you a reason to play them. So that destinations that have only sunset gear have relevant gear and a reason mm-hmm. for players to be in those activities. i like, what would you rather? Just leave them dead mm-hmm. and just abandon it and then just deal with the same 10 weapons that you get in the world loot pool? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I feel like Bungie they do what we ask, and then it's not exactly as we asked, or they'll find some problem with it. Yeah. I know I'm guilty of it too. I've definitely been there. But no matter what Bungie does, not saying they're perfect, they definitely make mistakes all over. Mm-hmm. But I feel like no matter what Bungie does the community is going to complain because each player wants something different from the game and not everyone can be 100% satisfied. Right. Well, you highlighted, I, I tried to do that to people. I don't want to put people into like a false dichotomy, but I gave, I posed that to them. I said, there's three options with old outdated areas the number the, the first option is what they've been doing all these years they just leave them sit there they don't do anything with them they just become a derelict ghost town okay option number two is to update the pools there reissue the stuff so there's actually a reason to go get it and i know people are like well i'm getting it again but if they update the perk pools it it is opening up the opportunity for the gun to be different and in, in, in essence new okay the third option is obviously well they should put a bunch of new loot there I think the third option is number one untenable we know they can't from a bandwidth standpoint every three months also like every three months they're going to give you brand new loot brand new activity and also they're going to add a bunch of new loot to old areas the other dilemma with that would be if they're not charging you for that, that means they're literally creating a bunch of new stuff and not charging for it. I don't think that's the greatest use of resources. And if they were to do that option of putting all this new loot in there, a lot of people would say, why am I paying for new loot to be placed in old areas? This seems totally bogus. Like, the safest option is it's free, and they're updating what's there. Like, so it's relevant if you want it, 
ignore it if you don't and it doesn't cost you a dime this is what i argued for many times going into shadow keeps year is every season there's the ten dollar paid stuff and then they update some old area for free i kept i kept arguing that like go update escalation protocol for free like no one can complain if it's free it's it's running alongside of the paid content so the game is always combing back over itself and making sure it's fresh and updated it's like almost like tending to a garden it's like you're planting new plants sure but you have to comb back through the existing garden and prune and weed and take care of it and if you don't everything's gonna die and that's essentially what happens to the planet's locations and activities that are less than like I don't know six to nine months old they just become they just become pointless and techno is putting in chat fourth option remove it from the game completely right sure so just remove the moon and the dreaming city like eventually you're just going to narrow the game down into nothing it would be this this episodic narrow game where we're only focusing on these extremely small pieces where you pay ten dollars and you run in a 50 foot circle like all you're going to focus on is the seasonal activity and the seasonal loot and i think that's a short road i think it's much better for new players newer players there's new players there's newer players there's players that never touch d1 and then there's players like us and i think it's a broad stroke approach to keep things going and 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 to keep players invested and again they're 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 honoring our feedback as uh, as shifty said you know, people said, "Look, you, you guys are selling, you know, Forsaken and Shadowkeep, and those those planets are done. There's nothing there. It's all it's all sunset, and they they're going back for free and updating some loot pools to make those areas relevant. And I don't know. And they're and they're establishing perk hierarchy. If I get these guns in the dungeon, they're they're unique and have perks you can't get anywhere else. Like these are all things we've been asking for. It's just well because they're guns we had before. That that's the main hang up. And I'm like." If they change the geometry of the weapon, would that really make a huge difference? I think it would for a certain pe- for a certain amount of people, but for the rest, they'd say, "Well, this is basically a waking vigil with its geometry change." Like, you're not really going to trick the Destiny community. You know, they could have gone and changed the geometry of all these weapons and updated their perk pools, but they, in essence, would be the same weapons. So, I, I, I 100% kind of get where you're coming from. That, and and to be fair, it's a feather in Bungie's cap. The more people complain, that that means they're invested and they're not going anywhere. You know, a, a complaining community is alive and well. Uh, a, a, an apathetic and disengaged community is when you want to be concerned. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Like, I I asked my clanmates, I'm like, well, if you're so happy, why don't you just stop playing? And I'm like, because, and everyone, including myself, gives the same answer because they love Destiny. It's just right now, sunsetting is the biggest issue on their plate because it is brand new like they're not used to it and it infringes upon their idea of what the game is yeah and i think come a year from now after sunsetting has you know had a course to run through it'll be not as big of an issue i'm sure there'll be still plenty of people who have issues with it i agree that sunsetting needs maybe a little bit larger of a window because i if I want weapons for Witch Queen, I can't earn anything right now for Witch Queen. Everything I earn this season with their current sunsetting window is useless. So yeah. there are issues that yeah. they can possibly look into. Yeah, the 15 month window would solve that. It would, and I, I think yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that actually happens because they would just say, yeah. "We didn't consider how rigid this would end up being." You know, that, and it's a good way of phrasing it. You just said. You literally can't go for anything right now to, for, for Witch Queen. You, you, like, it's it's a weird feeling to be in an expansion and in a raid and thinking, 
I can't take any of this with me into Witch Queen. Like that is an, that's honestly an, an odd feeling that I think the 15 months would rectify. Yeah, the only thing I can take right now is exotics, and that just kind of spoils the moment for me when yeah. I'm like, I really like the Friction Fire SMG. I had a good cold front with Dragonfly, but Swashbuckler's not doing bad. And neither one of those will go through to Witch Queen, and that definitely hurts. But yeah. at the same time, I still support Sunsetting, because to even keep with your garden analogy, you don't grow the same vegetables year-round. You rotate crops through your f- through a field. So, you know, the same with Sunsetting. You rotate the loot through. Not every season is going to have a 180 hand cannon or a 600 auto rifle. Mm-hmm. Just because they were meta, some seasons you might not get it. But, you know, that's just what the season has. And you can't, like I said before, you can't satisfy everyone at the same time. Yeah, agreed. All right, I'm going to move on, dude. I appreciate the call in. Yep, thanks for giving me the opportunity. All right, Techno. We're, we're going we're to hear from Techno here. Techno is talking about infusion caps and raid gear. I think I, I may I may be able to guess where you're going, but let's let's hear it. Uh, well, before that, I see people in cap saying 1410 is the cap for Witch Queen. That's the cap for Season 15, meaning all the stuff right now will not be able to be taken to endgame in Witch Queen. Correct. And what we learned from the Beyond Light campaign, they will likely be be less effective the further you get into the Witch Queen campaign. Like, I couldn't use my, you know, my my Wendigo after so like All of a sudden, it wasn't strong enough. So, it, likely, if they follow the same pattern, you're going to be in the middle of the Witch Queen campaign and have stuff that just doesn't feel strong enough. Yeah, so the raid gear right now has a cap of 1410. That's, you know, Witch Queen's going to start you probably at 1400. You got your 10 pinnacle from the previous season, and then you go up to 1460 for Witch Queen. All the raid gear, everything right now currently available, doesn't go past that 1410 unless it's an exotic because it has no cap. I just wanted to clarify that real quick. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people get a little confused on that. Like it you're gonna go into Witch Queen and that's it's now been sunset. Like it, it happens literally before you make it into it. So onto what I initially wanted to call in about was um I haven't really played Destiny in like a month. I finished my season pass. I got my god rolled on the raid weapons. Mm -hmm. And then in my most recent uh, raid clear, which was still like a month ago, someone said they're probably just going to reissue the guns next season with a higher cap. And then I just thought, well, why am I playing now? Mm -hmm. I can just Mm -hmm. wait till next season and carry it into Witch Queen. And it's not like they haven't done this before. They've done it with Garden and Last Wish every season so far they've updated the caps to new ones like you can go into garden right now and get season of the hunt capped gear wait so so clarify this i was unaware of this so in season of arrivals i could have gotten garden gear that was higher than what i already owned yes <laughs> the, and if, then in yeah that's this if season, that's the standard going go, forward that's terrible and then this season i went and i helped someone with a divinity running garden and i was getting stuff with the season of the hunt icon and the season of the hunt cap this doesn't make any sense then this is where I will agree with some of the people that say the system doesn't make any sense because that doesn't make any sense that means I could literally grind for Deepstone Crypt gear in season 15 and get a whole nother year out of it that 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 to me almost in 
that almost gives Eugene what he wants, but in a really stupid way when he wants 24 months. That's all. That's basically 24 months. That's two years. Like that. I don't understand yeah. that. So the best time to grind for the gear would be the end of the year, and then, I, and then you get it basically an extra year. That's so weird. Yeah. So basically, I've just been sitting on my spoils of conquest and haven't really felt like running the raid because my heritage is not going to be useful for anything in Witch Queen. And same with every other piece of raid gear I got. This is one of those... This feels like a rock and a hard place, right? Because think of it this way. If they don't do this... I'm not saying I agree with it, but let's just imagine they don't do it. That means as soon as you get out of this season, the Deepstone Crypt is less relevant, less relevant, less relevant, less relevant. Like every season, it's be like, why bother, why bother, why bother? Because you can't even take that stuff into Witch Queen. I would say... This is why the fifth... Go ahead. The the raids naturally become less relevant. There's a lot less people running Last Wish and Garden than there were two seasons ago or three seasons ago. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, this is why I think the 15 months makes the most sense. And then you don't need to do what they're doing. That means anybody that grinds Deepstone Crypt this season or the next three, they know those guns are good in Witch Queen. Why? Because it's got a 15-month window from its launch. It can get it can get it can get through Witch Queen expansion and that's when sunsetting hits. Like this is why like th- th- this is why you would do 15 months. I think 15 months solves a lot of these problems that we keep running into and then Bungie wouldn't need to raise the cap of the guns every season because as you're saying, why am I grinding for it now? I'm gonna save all my spoils conquest and do it and and, and do it next <laughs> next season or actually wait until season 15. Maybe even do it in Witch Queen when it launches itself, depending on if they keep updating it. Yeah, I this this actually I, I feel like I need to do another talk, another video. I don't necessarily know if we're gonna do them back to back. Um how to fix how to how to change sunsetting. I think the fifteen month window solves some of these problems that we're 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 talking about. It's you know, you're constantly bumping raid uh raid levels every season. That's silly. Uh garden's not. Garden's still a thousand fifty. Garden has not been bumped up. Well, I'm, I'm talking about what drops, though. The infusion caps have been oh, yeah, bumped, the, right? The drops are bumped, but the actual power level of the encounters have stayed the same since uh, Season right. of Arrivals. Right. So, yeah, I, I think I could do a 15-month talk, and then raids keep raids get bumped, right? That would be a part of it. Um, and then we have the expansion to the expansion problem like you can't really take it at the expansion to the expansion like both of those are dilemmas that are solved by 15 months here's more proof garden of salvation one was gotten last season and won this season okay yeah i mean i i, I believe you guys yeah 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 so i mean darksider's got a picture here so he got an ancient gospel last season that could go to 1360 he got another one this season it can go to 1410 that i i don't they've yeah They've got some work to do because that just seems super bizarre. It's like every season you're supposed to go grind those raids for new guns. That doesn't even make any sense. And then there's the entire part with the raid gear and using the raid mods too where I get like all the good world stat on the raid armor and now I got to go do it again next season because next season it has a higher cap. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 not something I ever understood. Like leave the... Wait, are you saying they're raising the cap? Like, in the Garden of Salvation gear, there's the raid armor slots and all that stuff. 
and ever and so far every season they've just bumped the cap up by 50. Mm-hmm. So like last season the cap for the garden gear was 1360 now it's 1410 mm-hmm. and if they bump it up again next season you'll have to regrind gear that has a 1460 max cap right right so your best option is to wait for season 15 and grab as much raid gear as you can and now you've got a full year as like almost like a springboard like right before beyond uh for right before witch queen yeah i think the best option for that would just be make the raid gear last long enough oh look there's darksider posted another picture showing the season of the hunt raid gear versus last seasons with the lower cap right right and I mean, I hear where Christine is coming from. That's why I said, if they don't do this, I get why they are, right? I'm not saying it's it's the best solution, but she's like, for raids to maintain relevancy, they have to have current season cap gear, and if that means having to rerun them for new caps, people want the gear, they will grind for it. I, I, I think this is, this is the most, this is, of all the pieces of sunsetting, this is the part that's the most, un, it's not ideal at all. This is really messy. Like, I'm not I, saying I, I don't get why they're doing it, but it's super messy. Like, every season I'm supposed to go get new guns again from the raids? I, I see the point there, but I think, like, if you remember back to, like, the Destiny 2 Year 1 infusion where you had to infuse of the same type, I would say for the raid gear, make it so, like, if I get a new version of that raid gear, I can just plug my old one into it and bring it past the issued season cap because it's fundamentally the same weapon with the same perk pools and the same roles nothing's changed except for the max power we had to do this in the past no we didn't i never had to go rerun a raid to get to get updated versions of loot i already obtained this is a brand new concept it's a brand new concept that i have to go into old into raids to be like well i have a god roll gospel but i gotta rerun it so the infusion caps higher we've like we've never done this before ever this is a brand new thing that they did to 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 give us uh, like a stay of execution on the raid loot. And if they're always going to bump it every season, it just seems really, really odd. It's like, I, I, like I said, I understand what they're doing. Anybody goes into a raid right now, it's relevant. It's dropping loot relevant to the power area that they're in. But uh, <laughs> it basically makes... Think about how silly that is. That means like every three months... Your, the value of your loot is already dropped significantly and you should go get more. It, that means raid loot honestly feels like it has a more tenuous value. You're constantly having to shuffle forward and get it again. Get it again, get it again, get it again. That's worse than a reissue. That's basically like a reissue every three months. That's essentially what it is. It's a reissue every three months without new perks. In essence, that's what it is from a technical standpoint. So I don't really see why for the, like, I understand for the raid gear trying to keep their value for after they've been released, but just naturally the raids lose value over time. Like if you were to pull up a chart of all the people clearing garden and last wish over the past couple months, it's just keeps going down and is going to keep going down into the future unless they put new perk rolls in there and give it an actual update instead of just bumping caps. Well, and, and you're saying we did that. We went and regrinded for another Fatebringer in the Taken King. That is 100% false. That's not true. You could not go into Vault of Glass during Taken King and get an updated Fatebringer. That is 100% not true. The only That's, time that's why everybody went for the Imago loop. The only time you could grind for another Fatebringer that had the same role as the original was Age of Triumph. And, and then it was an exotic. 
where there was a legendary and then there was the exotic version that had the arc burn on it there has never been a time where i would go back into a raid and rerun it so that the weapon was stronger that's that this is a this is literally a brand new concept if you wanted to go get a midnight coup because you missed out on it in shadow keep you could go get a midnight coup and just infuse it you could do that with any raids that were still in the game I didn't have to go rerun and get a new midnight coup. I could just randomly decide I did it with the inaugural address. Any gun from Leviathan, I could pull them out and just infuse them up. I did not have to go get new versions. This is this has I mean in the most literal way, this has actually never been a thing. This is a brand new thing. Yeah, the second Fatebringer was an exotic because it landed during Age of Triumph. Like, th- there was never the opportunity to go get, like, another Fatebringer. Fatebringer Year 3? Fatebringer Year 3 was the one they did with Age of Triumph and Rise of Iron. Rise of he's, Iron was D1 Year 3. He's got a picture of a Year 3 Fatebringer that is 365 to 40, and it's showing as a legendary. That's not a thing. No. no it was an exotic. And for the raids, you got the adepts for completing the challenges, and then you would get the legendary di- versions that didn't have a damage burn on them. So oh, you could it get- didn't have the burn. That's right. Yeah. That I forgot you could get the legendary versions that didn't have the burn. But again, that was Age of Triumph. That was, that was yeah, that was different. Again, again, like that was Age of Triumph. That was not a, that was not a standard that we've ever had before. That was a unique situation where all of the raids were given updated versions of the armor that were decorative and ornamental, and then the weapon systems were. It was completely different. It was a legendary weapon that didn't have the element anymore. They also didn't just reissue Fatebringer. They redid Vault. They added challenges and other stuff to it. Right, right. There, there were there were emblems and stuff. That, that that is super super unique. In the life of D two, we've never done this ever before. It's it's a different situation, but the fact remains: this sort of thing is not new. Yes, it is. It's a hundred percent new. Because during the entire time you were waiting on Age of Triumph, there was no way to go back and get your Fatebringer again. Age of Triumph was done as a send-off to D1, a celebration. There was never a time where you could go back, where you had to go back into a raid and re-earn the exact same loot so that you could infuse it high enough. That has literally never been a thing in Destiny. Age of Triumph was a completely, a complete overhaul of those encounters. They added brand new challenges. They added ornamental, ornamental gear. You're talking about me suddenly needing to get a new midnight coup or me suddenly needing to get a brand new, you know, shotgun from 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 Scourge of the Past. This I has literally I'm never been a thing in Destiny ever. Like like your year one Fatebringer, Taken King comes out. Now you got to go rerun Vault of Glass for a year two Fatebringer. And then when Rise of Iron comes out, you got to go and rerun Vault of Glass for a year three Fatebringer. That's basically what's happening right now. That's not what happened in D1. In Destiny 1, Vault of Glass was sunset. Nothing in there really mattered until they were saying, we're done with we're done with Destiny 1, we're going to go start working on Destiny 2. So they made everything worth doing again by giving it all current cap gear. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Age of Triumph was a send-off, not a standard. We have way more raids to establish a normative rhythm in Destiny 2. Way more raids. This is not something we've ever had to do before. There's always been this concept. This is what Sunsetting is pushing against, right? It's pushing against the idea that I can take my Midnight Coup with me for forever, everywhere, for all time. Sunsetting is pushing against that. And and what they're doing now with raids, like, <laughs> what they're doing now with raids is like every three months, I'm supposed to go get the weapon again to make sure I'm basically quote-unquote topped off? I don't know. This is this is one of the... this is In my mind, this is collateral damage. This is not how this should be working in sunsetting. That doesn't make any sense to me. I... I don't know what the solution is because I know what the comeback's going to be. Well, but Lono, then you know, six or nine months later, the raid's completely irrelevant. Oh, okay. That's always kind of been that way, right? Like eventually, people start yeah, stop I running them. That, I argue it. It would be completely irrelevant anyway after a couple months because if you know they keep iterating on the weapon system and everything, all those old guns that just get a cap bump are just going to fade out. Right. Like, while you still could go use a Midnight Coup in Leviathan all the way up till Season of Arrivals, most people had moved on from that by then because they were new weapons, better weapons. People just naturally shuffled forward. You didn't have to rip it out of their hands. Right. I I actually need to think about this because I don't have a solution. Um, I don't have a solution here. I need to think about this. I think this is a genuine problem. I'm not actually saying I have the answer. I'm not. I'm saying this feels like collateral damage that needs that needs some thoughtful nuance brought to it because it seems really, really strange to, to... I mean, I guess somebody's saying the solution is to raise the raid loot for as long as they intended to keep it relevant. Like, yeah, I guess raise the loot you've already earned. You know, I suppose that would be probably the easiest fix. Give it that cap from the get-go. Like, if Bungie knows how long they want to keep that raid relevant, give it that cap instead of just every season bumping it until they figure, yeah, we're done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand. Like, I understand why they're doing it, and I don't have the best answer because it does feel like okay, this does feel kind of necessary, but it also feels really messy. That every three months. I don't know. That just feels really weird for raid loot. Um, uh, the difference now in D2 is rather than making content sunset and therefore relevant for forever, they're trying to keep it relevant. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the easiest solution would be to say, hey, if you and your pals decide to finally go into Deepstone Crypt, the, 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 the infusion caps are going to be relevant to when you get them. And if you've already run it, we're just going to bump it. We're just going to bump the infusion caps. And eventually they would probably just stop doing that, I would think that that puts you know raid loot in its own in its own echelon of of quality i guess is that it's getting it's getting like an ever moving stay of execution but then eventually you're going to start to ask the question like okay well what's the point of sunsetting if you're always comp- extending the life of the end game stuff like think about what this does from a philosophical standpoint this was supposed to enable them to create really great loot in the raid and then it's not eternally viable this is making it eternally viable like you're you're just keeping the kick you're kicking the can down the street every every season so then it's never truly sunset the raid loot's never ever actually sunset then it's then you're not getting what you said you wanted to get which was basically a viability window that's not a threat to future content well if you're always raising the caps then you didn't you didn't even achieve one of the things you said you were trying to achieve 
I think raid gear should take you about half, halfway into the year after, so you have enough time to get the new raid gear. That's my personal stance on it. Like Deepstone Crypt, I should be able to use it into the Witch Queen raid. It shouldn't be the best gear for the Witch Queen raid, but it should take me to the Witch Queen raid and then a little after is how I view raid gear. Because I think naturally people just always play the new raid way more than they do the old ones. This is why I think the 15-month window makes the most sense. If this entire year, Deepstone Crypt Raid loot, it had a 15-month window from its launch date, okay? That just means its relevancy window for loot does get shorter and shorter and shorter, and when it's at its shortest, if you're running it in Season 15, it still is relevant for Witch Queen. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, the 15-month window is perfect. The window does get smaller and smaller and smaller. That's completely legitimate. You're running the raid... 10 months after it came out of course it's going to be a smaller window of relevancy but at the very least you can take it into witch queen and the witch queen raid and then it sunsets and now it's time for the new raids to take center stage yeah that's sort of what i was going on where it's like i can bring my Deepstone crypt gear into witch queen and get a little bit more of an advantage of someone just using like playlist drops or world drops in the raid but it wouldn't be like a dominating thing or the gear wouldn't last until a lightfall raid. It would be just enough to pull me over into the next raid so I can go get new raid gear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got I got to keep it moving. Good call in though. Yeah, Techno. I was just about to say. Yep. All right. I'm coming to Kane. He wants to talk raid narrative. Raid narrative. Now then, Kane, go ahead. If you're here. Kane, are you here? You're muted. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm at work. (laughs) You're okay. You're okay. I'm at work. My phone was in the pocket. Uh, Yes. How are you doing? Now then. Um, Yeah. My thing that I want to talk about is, yeah, raid narrative. So apart from the dark below and king's fall mm-hmm. there's been there has been quite a um a disjointed well narrative between the the campaign story and the raid mm-hmm. so the only time they've really done it is with king's fall where you defeat oryx at the end of the campaign he takes himself takes himself becomes the taken king properly and then you fight him in the raid and he's throne world and then the dark below which were which was which which even set up king's fall but that they're the only times they've really done it where the boss has been an extension mm-hmm. or the next phase of the campaign why do you think that is why do they not do that why is it that in shadow keep garden of salvation it's all about the darkness mm-hmm. or you know, all about, well, yeah, it's all about all about the darkness, and then it throws us into a Vex fight with with random throwaway minotaurs and harpies with cool names that are based on Greek myth, and then you know, why why do you think that is? Why, why, why is it not cohesive of an experience? The unfortunate thing with with uh, Garden is that it actually did tie into what we did on the moon, but they didn't make it very clear. Like, Lightleaf explained this to me the other day, and I was like, they did a terrible job making sense of that in the game. Like, 
and I think what you're highlighting is exactly the problem. There's a main antagonist, and then we go fight them in the raid, right? This was one of the reasons I was disappointed in Axis in Wrath of the Machine. I felt like it should have been one of the Iron Lords who had been completely corrupted. That would have been more in line with yeah. the main story. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone thought that. I think that's what the most people thought, and it's same with Beyond Light. I mean, don't get me wrong, with, with Shadowkeep, I know there is law and stuff in-game where there's a signal coming from the from the from you know the black garden and that's what you're gonna go and that's what you're gonna go look for and that's where it ties in but like the bosses don't really tie in even i mean with garden but then even with beyond light you know i know tanix is teased like Eremis says like go prep the body and stuff Mm. which is tanix which is like a little signal for tanix but like it should have been Eremis. Yep. I don't care what anyone says to me. It should have been Eremis, and it should all like, and that's it's like a theme that we get through Destiny, where where the campaign is cut off to a point, and then they just th- the, the like throwers all these this fodder fodder bosses, pointless bosses which no one cares about because they don't link into the main story enough. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand why you know why do you think they do it. Why do you think there's such a disconnect? It's possible that because the actual campaign is meant to be an encased story, um, even with Oryx, you could beat Oryx in the campaign, and then he leaves, and then you go fight him in the Ascendant Realm. I think they like for everybody to feel the conclusion, you know? Um, Mm. For example, we killed Gaul, but then Gaul was an empty suit. He wasn't, you know, then we go and fight Callus. You know, Gaul was actually kind of an idiot. I think that's why they do it from like a marketing standpoint. If they sell you on the campaign in Aramis and I was just thinking how cool it would have been for our final fight with her for that Viking dude to show up and to be like, he takes over in the fight for her and then she leaves because the body's been prepared and then she jumps into some big mech suit body, you know, stasis shooting robot suit. And then we fight the Viking guy, and that's the end of the campaign. That would have been dope, right? Well, it might not have been dope for folks that don't run the raid, because they would have felt like the story didn't really get concluded. But, like, I know what you're saying, but then I feel like like we should be, and I suppose, like, you know, I spoke about Red's I'm a big red dude, I'm I'm a big red guy. Like... Should that not then be a way to incentivize people to get into the raid? Being like, oh yeah, so you defeated Eremis, and then she disappeared, like just like Oryx did. That was uh, like that was satisfying, <laughs> and then you got some extra stuff, like you got some extra story if you went into the raid. Like, I don't understand why they can't do it. I mean, that's what I initially what I thought. The same as you is that they want to make the story engrossing to the casual players, mm-hmm. but then. Like it, it feel it sort of feels like it's so rushed anyway the story that the best thing the public could do is carry it over into the raid because people tend to say the campaign yeah it's good but it's really short so yeah. they're not really missing out on much if they do extend it into the raid surely mm-hmm. they're just capitalising on what they have because people seem to complain anyway re- do you know what I mean regardless yeah I. It's kind of like when we were reviewing Doctor Strange and it's like the main guy he's fighting the whole time is Kaecilius, the guy played by Mads Mikkelsen. Then he he messes around with with Dormammu for, you know, for, you know, all of five minutes. And so it's like maybe they could do something like that. Like every time they do this, there's like 
there's the there's the baddie that you're fighting throughout the campaign and that baddie sort of like Kaecilius but then we go into the raid and we fight Dormammu like as an analogy does that make sense like the real big bad is in the raid yeah, yeah. but then but then the casuals do get a conclusion of the story I, I still think that's the main driver like Donut saying I don't understand the story's always going forward it's a live game that's true but when they sell an expansion with cutscenes of Aramis and they will know our pain like they want people to set their sights on her and once she's dead they feel like that chapter has been closed and then you end up with randy's in the raid like callus or axis or you know uh, or tanix you know i mean the thing with tanix i suppose that was a bit different because he has been up in the game several times so he's more well known than the sanctified mind oh the big like you know but like i'm thinking what what are they going to do for witch queen they, they cannot, they cannot do that with Witch Queen. They've teased Sabathun for years. She's all the way since day one, they, sorry, Destiny 2, year one, they have teased Sabathun. They, they can't bear us with that. And then the same for Lightfall, when, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to culminate in this massive event where, you know, people are theorizing that it'll go, well, go to a live, you know, like a free-to-play model. Which yeah. I don't think it will do. I think it'll be and, and the next evolution of whatever Destiny is. But like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do for the raid now? Like, right. are we are we going to fight the darkness? Which I don't think we will do. Um, are, are we going to fight the darkness? And at the end of the campaign, they're going to go, nope. <laughs> like, you're going to you're yeah. going to defeat the, the darkness in a really underwhelming campaign mission, and then for the raid, you're going to take on um, what you're going to you're going to take on Larry. <laughs> right, right. You know Just I mean? some like random the, guy named Larry. These are the issues that, be, yeah, like these are oh, like Randall the Vandal. There you go. You'll fight Randall the Vandal for Lightfall Raid. Well, so, well, I'll take you all the way back to Destiny One. And what Techno is saying is they couldn't do this every time. Techno, he's like, we kill Aramis, and then she comes back. You know, in the in the raid is like an exo fallen, and so you get closure in the campaign, but then we get closure in the raid. That's basically what happened with Oryx, right? You beat him, and then he takes himself. So he pulls like a ha ha. He like pulls a trick out of the hat. I don't think you can do that with every single you know villain at the end. It would start to become really predictable. Like, yep, we're gonna chase the big bad, we're gonna kill them, but then they're gonna get like a comeback in the raid. Like, I feel like that would start to become rote and rehearsed and really predictable. I think your idea is good, but they can't. They can't pull that card out of the out of the deck yeah. every time we have a campaign. Uh, I they might be able to do it with Sabathun because she could do an illusion. She could do like a, a a shadow of herself that we fight, and then after we beat her, she's angry because like we establish some sort of a power over an area, and she gets really angry and says, "If we really want to come and fight her, come into the raid." Like they could definitely do that with her, but. I do know they're probably always avoiding that because they want people to feel like I beat the campaign and I beat the big bad person and then the raid is separate from that. I mean, you've got Axis, Callus, and every other boss in D2. That's what they are. They're just, they're sort of separated from the story. And, uh, and I, suppose, I suppose what I'm saying is I sort of, that is what I don't agree with. Like, I don't like that. I feel like, I feel like the story or the raid should be an extension of the story of the campaign in, mm-hmm. in some in some aspect. Yeah, you know, I understand that it connects in in Beyond Light. It connects to um, Clovis Bray, who has a connection with the darkness, quite a massive one. I can get that loose sort of connection, but it's not sort of 
I don't know, it's not sort of in your face enough for me. I feel like right. Bungie are really good at putting a lot of lore in the game and a lot of story mm-hmm. in the lore, but when it comes to like front narrative, it's 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 lack it's lackluster, it's too lackluster for me personally. But maybe I'm I'm the I'm I'm the minority in that they've got all this amazing lore, but you know, they're not giving it in our faces as they should be. And I feel like the raid is the mm-hmm. perfect no, they can make all these amazing they make all these amazing set pieces and then they throw no name Larry like mm-hmm. just pointless enemies, pointless bosses at us. And I feel like we sh- we I think I feel like we deserve more. Yeah, and I feel like the more memorable raids are not it's not surprising we're we're fighting something that feels more attached to a story and less like it's almost like the bosses are just set pieces. Like they, we don't even know who they are. It's just some set piece mannequin that we beat the snot out of, and then we go back to the lobby. Like, and and you know, Techno's saying you could have it be like Forsaken, where the henchman's the baddie, and then the real boss is in the raid, like we did with Riven. I, that's why I gave the example of Kaecilius and Dormammu. Like that's what Doctor Strange is like the entire movie. Kaecilius seems like the bad guy, but the real bad guy is Dormammu. You could do something similar, but again, you can't get into a formulaic thing. This isn't this isn't like a crime drama like Law and Order or something where they can do sort of the same structure every time. So it's unfortunate that we can't can't have that narrative tie-in with raids. I miss it. I also have always thought little cutscenes would have been great, especially in King's Fall. It would have been cool for our ghost to have a bunch of audio lore as as Kane was just talking about. Inject lore into the raid. Explain to me who the frick I'm about to fight. Like it'd have been cool to know who is the war priest, who is Golgoroth, like what's their significance? I don't know. I have homework if I want to figure that out. You know, put it in the raid. Like have a little skippable cutscene where the ghost is like, be careful, Guardian. The war priest is and he just rattles off the lore and that makes it interesting and more woven into the world instead of loot pinata set pieces that we go in and kill and get stuff from. Like it would make it more of a if we want this to be like a single evolving story, I think that is something they've done better about. It was really, really cool with the interference mission week to week to week, seeing things unfold and then finally seeing things unfold with Nocris and hearing about Savathun and stuff. That was dope. I think raids could bring a very, very similar vibe. So I, I got to move on, Kane. I, I loved your thoughts, though. Okay. Is that he's not going to say goodbye to me? <laughs> He might be having phone troubles. I'm going to remute you, Kane. You have to remute yourself. Uh, I'm going to Gilly. I'm going to have Gilly be our last caller because we, we were having technical issues and stuff with the other folks, and I told Distorted he had to wait for another day. So, Gilly, last caller. Weapons should not be reissued if the old rolls are not brought up to cap as well. All right, explain yourself. Okay. So, the reason I base this and, and where I'm coming from is is when we initially talked about reissues with gnawing hunger coming back in season arrivals um and they announced that they were going to reissue some weapons along the way to kind of expand the loot pool fill in some cracks maybe some places where they can't make enough loot um i believe it was either i think it was in a reddit comment cosmo specifically said don't don't hold on to your old weapons expecting them to be reissued because we don't want you to hoard your loot so I'm with that, I would say that premise should be held when loot gets sunset and that if old loot is sunset and then reissued, if you happen to still have a role, you should still keep it. 
Like it should still be useful because with how it is now, even like I saw this on Twitter today, someone got had a picture. They got a, like a god roll blast furnace, like quick draw opening shot. Not, not blast furnace, my bad. Blast for They got it from altar god roll cap to 1060. If you wait three weeks, mm-hmm. that cap changes from thir- 1060 to 14, I think 1470 or 1460. The new cap for next season. I, I don't think that's okay. Like, like to run loot to run content now, and then be told if you had known next season to wait, you could use it later and it would be viable. I, I feel like that's just a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. It's like, oh, I already have this, or oh, I could have already had this. But if I had held on to it, not even not I shouldn't have I shouldn't expect to hold on to it. But if it does come back, it would be nice that the loot I already have I can use. Well, but this is the dilemma that we were talking about earlier is it's like if they're if they're constantly raising caps of guns that you already have, then like, aren't you going to basically save everything? Then you're never going to get rid of anything. Well, that well, this this relies also on that weapons really they really shouldn't be reissued. Like these weapons are being reissued because there's not enough loot. And I think because there's not enough loot, there's no reason to not be generous about it. If you're going to come out and say we did this because we need to fill in some gaps, how are you filling in gaps with hardcore and and long-standing players if you're telling them they have to regrind for the same thing? And we don't even know what the new stuff's going to be. Like, they told us there's new perks, but we don't know how good they are or what those perks are going to be. So we're all sitting here looking around saying, is this even going to be worth running? Because it, the, the new role may not even be better than my god role, and I can't even use the god role I may already have now. I mean, wh- I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't... We, we all want mystery, but then we don't want mystery, right? Like, everybody checks light.gg day one. Like, we're all going to do that, aren't we? Like, you're going to check light.gg, and you can see all these roles day one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like You did it day one of the expansion. We looked at the raid loot and the badges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's like, you know, I, I, I do it. We all do it. And it's hard not to. Yeah, It's like looking under the Christmas tree and shaking the presents. Like, you kind of want to get an idea of what's there. I, I get that. But it, at the same time... I don't necessarily think right now is the time for them to like, here's the perk pools of the four weapons. I, I understand where you're coming from. That doesn't seem like the thing to do right now, but I, I, I do think that they, as I said before, I feel like they only have a handful of options with reissues. Like they, 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 they've admitted bandwidth wise, they can only create so many weapons. And even before they admitted that, I just never expected them to add more than 20 something weapons every three months. That's actually, that's actually a, a lot of loot for destiny every three months. That's, Again, if we could go back in time and show this rhythm of loot and stuff to us from D1, we would have been like, oh my gosh, how is that possible? Because we would go 10 months with nothing. Um, so I I think the rhythm is fine, but I think the rhythm ends up making us focus really narrowly on the new seasonal stuff, and this is a way to help with that. Now, obviously they could have gone in and changed the geometry on these weapons, and that would have been pretty dope, even if the Waking Vigil it'd be like you know waking vigil reprised or something or come up with a way to name them and make it look a little different make it look you know make it reload a little bit different but it's essentially the same weapon with some new perks i mean you know i'm just i'm banking on the fact that this was a background change they could make that that didn't require them to go in and build new stuff it was literally 
let's let's adjust where these drop, how they drop, and what their perks are, so the game feels like there's more relevant stuff in it than it is right now. It's going to feel super narrow in season 13 if we don't do this, and this is also going to help out players that are newer and never had a chance to really enjoy those pools and those planets. This is why I think they're going to do the same thing with the lectern and the rest of the Dreaming City weapons. I feel like they're going to have the same thing happening. Uh, in season 14, I feel like season 14, there'll be a couple more that get re reissued, you know, loud lullaby, tiger spite. These things are going to get rotated back in as well. I, I would not be surprised if that's the case. Um, what was that? That was an amazing pulse rifle you could get from the one nightfall. I mean, that, that, yeah, I could see that thing coming back in, you know, slapping some good perks on it. Um, the question would remain is, are they going to give us intentionality and grinding for them? You know, they are, as far as going, uh, in, into dungeons, are they just random drops? Um, you know, and Lightleaf saying, I found an easy fix. Just do it like they do with the raid. It reissues now. Do it in the season. The weapons are still viable. Raise the weapons that stay to keep the content relevant. Again, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, the idea of like <laughs> raids bumping every three months is super weird. The idea of just continually bumping like loot that's in your inventory that, at that point it's like why are we even sunsetting you're just creating you're creating 85 different exceptions to the point that like why even do it at that point like sunsetting becomes a moot point if we're creating that's 18 the, that's different the issue exceptions is reissues are the exceptions to sunsetting inherently you're already making exceptions when you're bringing old loot back to loot gets you know pushed to the end so when you're already making exceptions and you're making exceptions for end game content as well this, you know, they put these in, in the dungeons to revitalize the dungeons. Mm-hmm. But they said they're going to get new perks. And I do agree that they probably shouldn't tell us what those perks are. But mm-hmm. I do think it would have helped if they had told us that the perks would be stronger than the god rolls we have now. Like, if they just come out and said, we're going to add new perks, they're going to be better than the perks you have now. So they're going to be worth chasing versus the rolls you have now. I think a lot of people would be like, okay. I can't keep my role now, but at least I know when it comes next season, there is going to be a reason to grind because it's going to be better than what I have now. But even you know that's not possible, homie. A god roll waking vigil or a god roll retold tale, how do you make guns better than that? They're at the tip they're at the tip of their archetype's performance. Like I, I that's power creep, right? That, yes, but then isn't that going against the issue of bringing new perks? Like if you're not going to bring at least equally level perks what's the point of bringing those weapons back and not being able to keep the the old ones if they're the exact same power wise then you're just rerunning the same you're re-getting the same guns for the same perks or 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 they're better in different contexts like they're not necessarily more powerful but like wellspring surplus reconstruction recombination like i wouldn't be surprised if all of the raid perks all the the reconstruction recombination redistribution i'll be surprised if those are dropping in the dungeon right because well, yeah those are better perks though those are better perks than the weapons they have now like well better subjective right because are those are those better for pvp waking vigil and retold tale can snap right now in crucible can't they i mean that's not going to make either of those guns better in pvp are they uh, it's it's, subje- I it's subjective, I guess. I think in my mind, I was thinking these are PvP weapons, especially Vigil and, and Retail Tail. And I don't know. I, I, I can't see going beyond their peak performance right now without creating problems. But you're right. 
they can put perks on them that make them maybe better in PvE, and I think there's wiggle, there's wiggle room there. That's what Sunsetting was supposed to do. It was supposed to give Bungie wiggle room at the tip of the hierarchies to say, these guns are amazing, and in 12 to 15 months, there'll be other really amazing guns to take their place in your loadout because of Sunsetting. Like, we're not having a power creep, we're just always sliding the best weapons off the table and putting some more on there. This is why I was arguing for perks that are more showy and flashy so the gun's good out of the box and the perk makes the gun exciting so it doesn't feel like the gun from last year what the, the way they're headed right now the raid perks are just really really good reload and damage perks like if I'm doing the same thing in Witch Queen I'm grinding for guns that have really good reload and damage perks I'm like this is not the way this is not exciting and they're clearly not that good because you're going to start putting them on other weapons anyway so I hear where you're coming yeah, they, with they on reissues, but the hole with this because it's it, all the cards are stacked against them because the issue inherently still is there's not enough loot, so we have to bring old loot back, but we can't make it better. But we also can't let you keep the old stuff because then you'll keep all your loot, and it's like they they've stacked everything like they're they're they've built a car a house of cards, but it's been really it's not on it's not a good foundation, so it's all toppled over. And now they're holding all these cards saying we need to put this back together because there's no reason to play the game now. There's not enough loot to chase and there's not a desire to chase it and there's nowhere to use that loot you chased. I, But I, I think they were always in this dilemma. If, if I give you the non-sunsetting world, you're in the same dilemma. They're creating guns that are marginally different than what you have now. That was what I heard from literally every... Every board player in Season of Dawn was essentially saying that. I don't need any of these guns. I already have god rolls. Like, there's... You... Again, I, I without pruning the rose bush, I think it chokes itself. I think people people entered every season in year three, and they were like, what's the point? I already have amazing weapons. None of these guns are busting through the ceiling. You can't do that every season. That's power creep. So, you're just creating... That's Again, that's why I said I had 15 god roll hand cannons. I cherish my loot more in Destiny 1 when I had only two or three hand cannons. Now, I'm not saying you starve us, but I do think when there's a smaller when there's a, a smaller amount of you know, I got a couple of good hand cannons right now instead of 15 and I'm kind of ar- always shuffling forward, I think if they can nail quantity and depth then we would actually care more about the loot. I think either world we want to live in, the world we're in now or the world people want to go back to like, futility and pursuit exists in both worlds like, we we all felt like it was a futile effort. Why chase any of these guns in Garden of Salvation? They're not better than anything I have right now. What's what is the point? Right? Like, there was no upper echelon there was no top of the tip of the pyramid hierarchy within the within the PvE loot pool, like, at all. They were, everything was samey. The blast furnace was basically identical to the pulse rifle in the, in, in the raid. Oh, you can get rapid hit. Oh, shut up. That's not good enough. We all know that's not good enough. Like, raid pers- loot pursuit futility existed in the old system as much as it exists now. People are just more indignant because they feel like their current loot's being messed with. And I get that. But if you're going to reissue loot with updated perks, I argued for that for Escalation Protocol for the longest time. Like, why leave it just sitting there? Like, update the loot. Give me a reason to go back in there. I've not done it in a long time. Like, I... We, 
I don't know. They they did it with Age of Triumph. We were suddenly like, oh, a reason to go back into those old raids. It's all basically samey stuff. Maybe a little flashy. Maybe a little bit cooler looking. So, you know, maybe from an aesthetic standpoint, they need to consider reissues. Maybe they do need dressed up a little bit. So it is more exciting. It looks a little bit different. It handles a little bit different. Maybe I don't know. And maybe it won't feel so samey. I definitely think if they gave the weapons the adorn treatment where you can get the original weapon and it's got some updated perks, but there's also slightly different ornaments to earn as well. I feel like that really would help because like the way the like the adored ornaments are different, they're not different. They just have different textures on on the wrapping. So like that's not a new model you just like you know they have to make. They can just change the texture. I'm assuming that's relatively simple. I, I don't know how Tiger works at all. I don't know if that's a, a changing the texture is massively different, but you know, adding something like that would help it feel newer, and and sprucing it up to give it not more powerful perks, but more inlined perks. Because I'm just, I I see here, I think Wade King Vigil already was pretty much the best you could make a hand cannon, which I don't know really how you dress those up, but maybe give you know the shotgun the raid perks and, and rocket launchers, maybe something like a vicious assassin. So there's, there's a reason to chase it because they are contextually more powerful because, you know, you can get two in the mag or, or, you know, other reasons, but not numerically more powerful. So you're power creeping. See, but you're, you're right there though. You're right there. At why sunsetting is a necessary evil. Like we don't have to like it, but it's a necessary thing because we yeah, want... I'm fine with sunsetting, but right. Well, re, they, uh, I'm sorry, reissues. Are, I, yeah. I don't I know get, if reissues are necessary because they, we shouldn't reissue it. We should be getting enough loot. But I just don't know if they can do that on the seasonal aspect. I think seasonally it makes sense to do free reissues in places that are outdated. I just think that makes good sense. I, I don't know. I don't see eye to eye with people that are like, if it's not new, don't do it. I, I'm like, I don't know if they... That, that just doesn't seem reasonable on a three-month basis. Well, yes. My perfect world is they make enough loot to they don't have to reissue anything, but we know that's not possible now. So, I I, I know that this is going to be fine. We're, we're going to get over it because we're going to see the new weapons, and we'll all chase the new weapons, and we'll just look at the old weapons and be like, yeah, if you want to go get a new one, new people can go and get one, and then if maybe the shotgun will be the only thing we're chasing, and, and our yeah. PvP guys are going to go get their waking vigil. Yeah. Um, I wonder how it's going to last, though. Like, if the goal is to keep their relevancy of those two dungeons I, I don't see them lasting any longer than the raids do unless they bump their power caps each season with the same issues the raids have so i don't know how this is gonna work out long term it is gonna be nice to at least have another shotgun to chase and i think the pulse rifle is pretty good and our pvp people will be happy for the gun so the new weapons are good to chase but i i feel even in the long term we're still gonna have the same issues with the raids yeah, I I need to do a video on that. I don't have a good thought. I don't have a good answer right now. That's one of the I I've, I've got to marinate on that one because the raid issue is a weird one. But um, I got to end it there. I'm, I'm I've pushed back the the gaming channel uh, three times oh. now, so I got it. We <laughs> yeah, you gotta go now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for calling in, Gilly. Mm-hmm. Bye. Guys, if you're here, don't go anywhere. Uh, I'm going to want to take you with me. It really, really helps my other channel when we're going over. If you're interested in Hitman 3, it launched today. We're going over there in just a second. So please don't go anywhere if you're in the live audience. If you're listening to this recording elsewhere, you can always hang out with us live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.